Hello and welcome to the Idrisal Podcast. I am your host, Reddit Tosker. Today I have two big pillars of the community for Zelda, Hyrule Gamer and Bandit Games. Thank you both for coming. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, anything Zelda's always good. Yeah. All right, before we get into it, I need to make a disclaimer about the leaks. The Tears of the Kingdom art book leaked a while ago, and I made the decision not to discuss those leaks on my videos. I believe both Bandit and Hyrule Gamer have similar policies on their channel. However, those leaks are out there and they are interesting, and there's a large group of people who are eager to talk about them. The Tears of the Kingdom subreddit is flooded with leaked material to the point where I think pretty much anyone that wanted to see the leaks has seen them. I think it's probably a good thing for people that want to discuss and speculate on leaks to have the space to do so. So while I'm not comfortable showing those on my main actual videos, I am comfortable speculating on them in an open discussion space like this podcast, provided that the audience is given ample spoiler warning so they can avoid it if they want to. Hyrule Gamer and Bandits have agreed to share their thoughts on the leaks during this podcast, so, you know, consider this your final spoiler warning. I won't be showing any images, but I will. we will be talking about some of the things that are shown and their potential implications. Okay, last, last spoiler warning to the audience. Let's move on. Um, let's do a little basic introduction. Bandit, can you tell me a little bit about your channel and the secret behind why your video editing is better than mine? <laughs> better oh boy we're starting off with the lies all right i'll keep it going no i'm just kidding i uh well uh, i run a uh a couple channels but my the one that i'm representing here is like a gaming lore uh channel that focuses pretty majorly on zelda although i do have a metroid video in the works so hey there's that um as far as video editing goes let me give you a little master class uh you basically just put a picture up if you don't know what to put up. There you go. <laughs> that's 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 editing, bandit editing 101 right there. And uh, actually, disclaimer, do not pay attention to me. I don't have any good tricks. <laughs> I just kind of, you know, taught myself this stuff. Well, I've checked out a couple of your videos, though. You do not have bad editing, sir. I, I, I appreciate uh, the lies that you tell to my face. I really do. But uh, no, I, I, I vastly prefer your videos. I, I think you have a knack for it, even if, you, if you're if you not trying all that hard to, to do it. Ah, well, I appreciate it. So uh, what are you doing with this uh, Metroid video? I'm a, I'm a big Metroid fan myself. What's it about? Oh, cool. Well, you know, a, a couple months ago, I started doing like boss lore compilation things. Um, honestly, it's like, I don't know. I personally find it pretty useful. And so I just decided to start covering my favorite games, which are Zelda, obviously, with just compilations of bosses and games. Mm -hmm. And with uh, Metroid games, that's one of the biggest uh, claims to fame um, about the games are all the diversified bosses and the iconic, you know, obviously there's the 2D Metroid games that have some of the repeating bosses, Kraid, you know, uh, Ridley, um you know, the actual mother brain, stuff like that. But then again, Pen Metroid Prime just came out. And uh, so that is what I'm going to be focusing on first and foremost. Uh, so we're going to be covering all the boss lore in Metroid Prime. Hyrule Gamer, do you have a, do you like Metroid? Do you know about Metroid? I know a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I played, I believe it's Metroid Prime 3, the one on the Nintendo Wii. Right. Corruption. Um, nice. Yeah, I think so. I've played that. And that's about as far as my Metroid goes. 
That's unfortunate. Uh, well, I, I have a video for I, you. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I've been recommended constantly by friends, peers, even family, actually, to play Metroid on the Switch, particularly Dread. Um, and it Dread feels so like good. I'm getting ever so closer to actually doing it. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, I, I would definitely recommend the new Metroid Prime Remastered. I'm I'm a person that oh, yeah. typically doesn't like remasters and remakes. Like I, I'm famous for it on my channel. Uh, I, I like even the smallest thing. It's like oh, it goes against the original intent. I, I'm very nitpicky when it comes to that. Um, even the Wind Waker HD thing, I, I don't like the bloom and the and the lighting. Some of the <laughs> some of the slight color choices. I, I, okay. I so there's just, just just a bunch of stuff bother me about it. Not enough to ruin the experience, but even in the Wind Waker HD, I'm nitpicky. Uh, but the Metroid Prime Remastered is so good. It's kind of it's kind of shocking. Like I had, I had yeah. basically no complaints. It's just it's just a wonderful experience all around. I think one of the most shocking things about it to me is the the uh, just the fact that they managed to not only upgrade the original game's meshes and models, uh, which is I guess more in tune with being a remake than a remaster, mm -hmm. uh, but they also managed to get some solid sixty frames per second gameplay yeah. on the Switch, which is like, I mean, here we are six years into its lifespan, and games that the Switch launched with were not in sixty frames per second. So I don't know. I'm just you know it's it's a spectacle of engineering, uh, you know prowess. It's kind of amazing. Uh, the, um, yeah, it, it is. It's kind of amazing because like I think it probably is the best looking Switch game out there right now. I, I would agree. I would agree pretty definitively. And it's kind of I, I'm really I'm touched by the humility of uh, of calling it a remaster when like you said it has a lot of elements that would qualify it for a full full on remake. Uh, Straight up new models. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, Hyrule Gamer, what's your favorite Zelda game, and which one did you start with? Uh, my, well, I'll start with my favorite. Um, Twilight Princess, undoubtedly, is my favorite. But it's not my first, actually. My first is... It's a little bit of uncertainty, just because it was that long ago. It was either The Minish Cap or Ocarina of Time. Mm. I've tried to do some uh, fact-checking with family members, but no one se can seem to remember whether I played Ocarina of <laughs> Time or Minish Cap first. It was kind of at the exact same time we we both had them in the house. I think the first one I played fully myself was Minish Cap, but I'm not sure if I actually started Ocarina of Time before it, so I always have this little debate with myself which one the first was. I want to say Minish Cap, though. Mm. Uh, what about you? Which is uh... actually quite an interesting one to start. What about you, um, Bandit? What was your first Zelda game? Uh, it was Ocarina. Yeah, which one's your and, favorite? And, uh, you know, uh, Ocarina. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was a pretty short conversation nice, nice. there. I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, oh, what do you, what do you call it? I'm just a nostalgic geek, really, in my, in my <laughs> heart, in my heart of hearts. And, like, I admit that. But also, I do uh, just, just enjoy the hell out of Ocarina of Time's story. Uh, I think it's it is primarily what captivated me when I was a kid. It was just so deep, you know. And to this day, you know, I still I still prefer it over most other Zelda stories, even though they're all. That, see, that's the thing. It's hard saying one Zelda game is, quote unquote, your favorite, because you know it it implies that there are better ones and worse ones. And I don't like necessarily doing that, even though I guess objectively it's true. Uh, but, you know, everything's subjective when it comes down to it. I think all Zelda games are really, really, really cool. And uh, <laughs> Twilight Princess and Wind Waker would be tied for second place for me. And that is a very close second place. I've never played Minish Cap, though. 
Oh, it's one I, of my I think favorites. I, it's, it's a really great I one. I played... I, it was the Kinstones. I kept I kept getting caught up over like I don't know I think there was this one time that I went through some dungeon, and uh, there was a chest at the end and I opened it and I was like cool piece of heart time let's go I know how this works and it was like a kinstone, and I'm pretty sure I closed the game and didn't pick it back up and I can't really explain why you know I I, I don't know what it is about the kinstones uh, I know that that's like a well they suck <laughs> they they do suck that's that's probably I, what I it was is. gonna yeah, say they're a bit I've tedious. heard. I've heard from the community that if there's like one thing you're going to complain about Minish Cap, it's the Kinstones. And so I don't want to be basic, but on the other hand, I am extremely basic. So there you go. I, I, I don't have anything against it, though. I definitely am planning on going back through it one of these days. So I'm also... I like uh, the giant... Oh, sorry. Go on. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I, I'm also an Ocarina of Time, man. Uh, it, it's both my Hell first yeah. and, my, and my favorite. And in fact, I think it's my first game that i played actually just just the first game i ever i ever touched uh, are you a 90s child uh, i don't reveal my age but <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> i'll just guess ba ba based on that that's a good guess um but uh so hyrule gamer why is um twilight princess your favorite now that we've got you ganged up with the ocarina of time fans <laughs> instead of Sorry, the uh, of the ocarina of time it is what it is okay. man it it does kind of the, the actual reason it's my favorite is somewhat related to talking of time actually because I did play that first, and I think the reason Twilight Princess feels like the best game to me is it follows a very, very sort of identical structure and format that Ocarina did, mm. um, in terms of the dungeons and how the story progresses. And don't get me wrong, I loved Ocarina of Time, but I think it's just. Um, I'm not going to reveal the age, but I might be a little bit younger, not the 90s baby. And I think when I played Ocarina of Time for the first time, I might have been a bit too young to fully get a grasp of what was going on. And I think Twilight Princess gave me the first experience of mm. really understanding the story and actually following it, rather than just kind of how when I first played Ocarina of Time, for example... It was kind of like I didn't really get what was going on. I was just having fun, swinging a sword... Uh, Asking my dad for help when I couldn't beat any enemy. Um, and yeah, Twilight Princess kind of captured that, but gave it understanding to me in a way. And I don't know, just... The, the game is just... It's just special. I can't put it any other way than that. It's just really, really special <laughs> yeah, to me. Is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I actually agree with Bandit, what he said a little while ago. I've, I've off, uh, It's a quote that i say often that all zelda games are perfect and eternal and uh <laughs> yeah yeah they're all unique to themselves yeah um I, I don't know which one is my favorite specifically it's probably ocarina i, I oscillate but whatever my favorite is it's probably uh, breath of the wild is probably my second favorite so you know it takes second place no matter what happens to take first place that's a good yeah. formula mm -hmm. yeah that, that favorite is minus one equals breath of the wild very nice yeah Okay, we can talk about where we place Breath of the Wild if you'd like. Ooh, yeah, that, that's let's do that. Uh, I mean, this this is a bit spicy, but you know, yeah, that, I like that's spice. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys follow my channel, but I, I get myself into trouble a lot in, from both sides um, talking about <laughs> talking about Breath of the Wild. So yeah, what, what where do you place Breath of the Wild in in your uh, thing? Well, you know, um, I would say probably. Uh, it kind of like you, you know what I mean? It's like the Zelda games will shift somewhat on your like top five list or whatever. Like when I had gone back through Skyward Sword, 
I was like, oh man, this is going to be on my top five list. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, it's, it's great. And then of course I had to go back to the same areas three times and I was like, okay, maybe it's number six or something like that. <laughs> but uh, Breath of the Wild has got to be a solid like third place for me. Mm-hmm. Solid. Because it's one of the greatest games I've ever played, like as far as like a game is concerned. Um, did it, I mean, it, you know, it, just for a quick little mini review thing, I mean, did it introduce anything new to gaming as a whole? Not really. Uh, but it did expound on stuff that was there. We we know what open worlds are, and so it made the openest world of them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then of course it did introduce the notion of true verticality. You know, you can climb anything. So hey, there's there's cliffs above you, beneath you. I mean, who knows? Uh, but so you know, as far as like an actual game is concerned, I think it is one of the greatest games I've ever played. But it, that's not necessarily, like, I didn't fall in love with Ocarina of Time because I could climb up any surface, you know. And to me, that's what a Zelda game is. So anyway, that's in a nutshell. It's probably solid number three. Yeah, I I, I will say that it, if, it, if it did anything unique, it's that it really took the openness of the open world to its logical conclusion. Like, you literally can go any, like, all, all the games say you can go right. anywhere and you could do anything. But you can't really in other open world games. You... You're locked behind story objectives and you know uh, quests. You you can't actually traverse into any location. But in, but in this game, you actually can. You can go to the yeah. final boss immediately. You can do any dungeons in any order, uh, any of the divine beasts in any order. Uh, you can you if you can see it, you can you can get to it, uh, which was it's pretty legendary. Yeah. So Hyrule Gamer, what about you? Where do you where do you rank uh, Breath of the Wild? Yeah, like I was, it's pretty similar for me. It comes in second and. The thing is, it's a weird one because I feel like I can't put it anywhere else. It almost feels like it's going to be <laughs> stuck there for a long time mm-hmm. just because of how, I don't know how to say it, but like, so just sort of how different it is to the rest whilst being amazing in itself. it's I find it hard to actually compare it to the other games, which is why it kind of is a interesting one to rank. But yeah, it, it comes so second for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Twilight Princess takes first spot just because of, like, special meaning. Just, your favorite game's your favorite game. That That's just how right. it is. And I can't put Breath of the Wild there just because it's not got the same feeling for me. But at the same time, it almost deserves to be there. So it's just kind of getting put in second, and then everything else can move and change as I replay different <laughs> games. But Breath of the Wild, I think, is going to be in second for a long time. Yeah, we're uh, we're a bunch of old men here. We're we're all just like <laughs> Zelda boomers. It's like, yeah, we we love it, but you know, it's missing a little that little Zelda something. Yeah, I I saw a meme when I was a kid. You know, I saw a meme before we called the memes that was like uh, two guys arguing, and it was like, you know, the best Zelda game is the one that came out when I was twelve, and the <laughs> other guy's like, no, the best Zelda game is the one that came out when I was twelve. You know, yeah. and it's like. But it's so freaking true, though. I mean, you know, if we just kind of look outside our own favorite lists, you know, people, it's kind of like that MMO argument. People say your favorite MMO will be your first MMO. And that, like, that's, that's just, you know, obviously that's not a fact for everybody, but like, for a lot of people it is because, you know, the first time you get invested into a world and stuff like that is very hard to beat. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you know it. It is what it is. Um, but yes, I am, as you said, a Zelda boomer. Um, you know, no, I wasn't 
in existence when the first few games came out. But, you know, it uh, I, I definitely do have some nostalgic glasses that people just don't have these days, or at least they have less and less these days. One of the things with, with Breath of the Wild and, you know, let, let's go ahead and get in trouble with it, is that um, I, I always felt like like when I was playing it, any problems that I had, uh, the entire time I was feeling, you know, these problems I have with Breath of the Wild, they don't have to be this way. You know, they uh, they didn't have to be here. Like uh, specifically, like one of the things that you mentioned, Band, it reminded me of, of just the narrative structure of Ocarina of Time. It's like one of my favorites. I, I really enjoy absolutely heroes' journeys. Like I, I love heroes' journeys, and every Zelda absolutely. game before Breath of the Wild was a perfect hero's journey. You have, uh, you receive magical aid. You have to leave your home. You have to. Um, uh, uh, you know, abandon your home time, receive magical aid. It follows all the steps, basically, for the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And Breath of, and I mean, there's a reason why hero's journeys are are an archetype. They're, it's it's why they're uh, so common. It's because they work. You know, they're, they're, it's a it's a good. Well, they've been around, you know, since the days of the Greeks and even before then. You know, I mean, the the hero's journey is as classic as literature itself because it's yeah. tried and true. Right. It's uh, very powerful. And, and my issue with uh, Breath of the Wild was that it wasn't uh, a hero's journey. Um, right. It, you know, it's it started you off uh, and you had lost your memories and you have to go collect your memories. But it didn't show the progression of becoming a hero, really. You're you're reclaiming pieces of what you've lost and you get to, you get to see your memories. And the memory cutscenes, I felt, were like wonderful. I actually really liked the memory cutscenes. I liked uh, having to navigate and figure out how to get to them. And I liked what they showed. I even thought that the story that, that it depicted was super interesting. It just also wasn't happening. You know, it, it's a memory. It was happening in the distant past. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that was happening to the character and developing him in some way. So, so you never see, even the past link, you never see that link have to abandon his, his childhood home. You never have to see him go through his growth cycle. He was already a complete hero by the time, uh, the past happened. So much, much the less now. And that, that always, uh, I felt was unfortunate. It, it really is just the story bit that, that I felt Breath of the Wild was lacking. At this point, I, I would give up everything else if we could just have um, a, a story that's developing the character as it happens. I 100% I agree. Yeah. I, um, like, yeah, I, I agree with practically everything <laughs> you said because... <laughs> I think there was this one video that I had done a while ago about when when I just talked about what I thought, you know, about Breath of the Wild. And I believe I used the argument that I'm about to use here, or not argument, but the picture of um, the hero's journey and, and not even just a hero's journey, just a story uh, journey in and of itself. You know, there's there's got to be build up, build up, build up, climax, resolution, um you know, you know, stuff like that. Well, in Breath of the Wild, that did actually happen. And I'm not even just talking about Link here. I'm just talking about the story in general. Mm -hmm. It did happen. You know, there, were, there was a bunch of stuff that happened, but that happened way before <laughs> you get to play the game, you know. And yes, it is cool that you do get to go watch some movies, you know, a little, little, you know, 30 second, one minute, two minute clips of, you know, what happened back then. But that's that's it, you know, and then you just kind of stop uh you know, remembering whatever it is. And then there you are. It's like, you see this tree, man, this, it may look like a tree now, but a hundred years ago, <laughs> you know, this, you would not believe what happened right here at this pedal, man. Whoo boy. I tell you what. And it's like, you know, I don't know. There's, there's a certain element of, uh, captivation 
that's lost when you don't actually play through the story that's unfolding around you. You know, compare Breath of the Wild's story to The Last of Us. Or and I know those are two extremes, but still the the point remains like you know, you you go through something like that where every turn is your turn, you know, and every every uh every time you you uh decide to do something, it's it's your decision. You know, that's how you get someone invested in a story. And in Breath of the Wild, like I said, it's nice that you get to watch those cutscenes, but you didn't get to do any of that, mm-hmm. you know? So not only was there a lack of, and I agree, a lack of kind of progression with Link, um, it was all just kind of implied. Like he, I think the lore specifies that he picked up the Master Sword at like six or something. I, I forget, but like he was super freaking young. Prodigy um, Link. Yeah, Prodigy Link. He just kind of was like, he went from saying goo goo gaga to like, you know, going into the freaking Lost Woods and drawing the Master Sword. So, I mean, that's that's pretty bomb if you ask me, but it's also kind of like th- there's not much of a journey there. He yeah. was just born to shine. Yeah. If anything, and, he's, uh, a, he's yeah. a Gary Sue. I mean, a. Uh, Gary Sue, I guess is what they called him. When they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a Mary Sue, but, but, but male. Um, right. I think the best, my favorite part of the old story, like the past story, was Zelda um, not being able to live up to her lineage, you know, for a long time uh, and struggling with that and being right, jealous right. of Link and seeing how awesome Link is and, and like resenting him for it and, and thinking that he's judging her for, uh, for, you know, being so successful at fulfilling his destiny. And, you know, her, all the champions in Link just have to watch her fail over and over and not know why. Like, I th- I, found that, I found that very compelling. Um, She's the best part of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I mean, hands down. She, you know, her her uh, entire character arc that you do get to witness, which, you know, is what we've been talking about. You know, like what you do and do not get to witness. But we got to see her transform from, like, you know, being... Uh, dutiful to being hopeless and desperate and resentful towards Link to actually growing fond of him and if uh, Nintendo Black Crisis were here he'd be saying and falling in love with him but you know <laughs> that's <laughs> that is what it is but um yeah I, I think she's hands down the greatest part of Breath of the Wild uh, because she's definitely the deepest uh, that the character of, Zel- of Zelda has ever been portrayed as mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it so Hyrule Gamer um I saw your latest, maybe it wasn't your latest video, but I saw a video that you just recently made where you put your five uh, hopes for Tears of the Kingdom. And one of the things that you discussed in that video was uh, the Arbiter's Ground and how, you know, oh, they're, yeah. they're they're canonically there. They're in the desert. You can, you can see them. They're all, it's obviously the Arbiter's Ground from Twilight Princess. And you mentioned that one of the things that they could do that'd be cool uh, is make it rise above the ground like it did with Hyrule Castle. Or they could make a, a sinkhole that you can go down into and one way or the other, you know, you get to explore uh, the remnants of the the Arbiter's Ground of old. And I thought that was just like the coolest. That's a great idea. That's such a good idea. I was I was very happy to hear you talk about that. Yeah. Um, I think I got to give a bit of credit there because it's an idea I talked about with another Zelda creator, Triforce Trends, a few times. He's also a very big fan of the Arbiter's Grounds idea. And like, it, it kind of just came from like, after like getting through my initial video ideas just sort of sitting and looking at the trailer a few more times and being like what else is there to talk about here and then like the malice coming from death mountain and hyrule castle in particular it kind of sparked the idea of like well this is just a trailer showing that for all we know there's other locations getting this done to them 
and you know being a twilight princess fan i was instantly wanting something <laughs> uh done with that reference to the arbiter's grounds in breath of the wild i was instantly thinking like oh come on that's got to be pushed out and like you said either into the sky or opening something up down below it doesn't even necessarily have to be the actual arbiter's grounds so to say even if it's just opening up something never seen before perhaps deeper mm-hmm. chambers we've never seen or wherever the case may be but it, it extends beyond that uh reference location it could apply to anywhere in the existing world anything could be lifted up with malice or whatever um the akala citadel is a good example i feel like something could be done there with a similar treatment oh yeah yeah. yeah, I'm a real sucker for Nintendo referencing and calling back to its previous works. I often say that Nintendo cares deeply about the Zelda timeline in the in the fact that it's a continuity, even if they don't necessarily quibble where everything's placed. You know, even if they don't necessarily care that much uh, exactly where everything is, they do. They do care that they have a history with the timeline. They they care that they have a. Yeah. Uh, they, they care that they have that those things did happen and they happened in the past and they reference them uh you know that moment in uh the great yeah. plateau when you see the temple of the time and you walk over there and you you know has a specific music that plays only when you're there and if you like listen to it in order or speed it up you can tell oh that's the temple of time song that they remade with um the breath of the wild softer melody uh, I, I love shit like that. You know, when you find Lon Lon Ranch out in the uh, out in the world, and and it has a specific song tied to that. Like it's all very emotional. I love any time. I'm a big sucker for that. Mm-hmm. Hey, we we actually have Aonuma recorded in interviews in the '90s. Um, I think it was either on the release of Ocarina or right before. Uh, claiming because because see that was that was before people were like hey are are all these things like a continuity thing or is there like it's the same story over and over again or what's going on here um and he said no they're they're different games but they're connected and i have a big document yeah that connects them all and it's top secret and miyamoto was right there with him and he was like yep it's true um so i mean yeah you, you you're not that's not just speculation that's proven fact they've always wanted these Zelda games to be this massive continuity. Um, I think that we, the fans, kind of forced them to make a timeline eventually, by, like an actual canonical one yeah, that, you know... Yeah. By bickering about it for to. so long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, proves that they do listen, right? Yeah. Yeah, Contrary they definitely, to, do, yeah. They definitely do do that. So. so, actually, now that you mentioned that, like, I, I actually don't have another venue for talking about this, but this has been on my mind regarding you know, continuity in the timeline because I'm working on a video and it's, it won't fit in that video. It's not about that. Um, hmm. But let's let's make some people angry. Have you guys heard the awesome the thing? I, I think you just referenced it, but it's a popular idea in the community that the games are just legends and they don't. Um, they don't necessarily have the timeline. Nintendo made up the timeline because of demand of the fans that they didn't actually uh, have an official timeline at, at any point uh, before that, and that uh, like, the like the games are best interpreted as just a series of legends with no connection to each other. I, have you heard this this oh, style yeah. of thinking? Yeah, yeah. I've heard oh yeah, that. yeah. Uh, that's 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 one of the classic uh, arguments against the timeline, right there. Uh, I think even one of my mods in my server believes that way uh i'm not gonna call him out okay or them i'm not gonna call them out <laughs> whoops i'm uh, just kidding but um but no it's so you know problem number one is that a timeline exists regardless right uh 
by the word of God in this case, the word of the creator. Right. Um, so that, you know, that is not very debatable. What we're debating is the nature of the timeline. You know what I mean? So, and problem number two is just that, you know, it's literally these people that say, oh, it's just a, you know, every game is a retelling of the same legend or maybe a dream or, you know, yeah. something. Um, you have to pick and choose with that too. Because games very clearly, as you mentioned, reference one another. Mm -hmm. So in that case, it's like, okay, well then which ones specifically are you talking about that you would like to say are simple retellings? And at that, you know, and at what point does it stop being a retelling and, and you know, become something else? Uh, because like Wind Waker, for instance, cannot exist unless there was a time split at the end of Ocarina of Time. Right. And that's proven by the opening of the Wind Waker. Well, their argument and, uh, um, yeah. seems to me to be uh, that the timeline exists, but, but you know, it's, they're not disputing its canonicity. They're disputing that they ever really intended from the beginning for, for the games to exist in a continuity. Uh, it, you know, they, they, it's a kind of, we know better than Nintendo, like we shouldn't take their, their words seriously. Mm -hmm. And I can understand that to an extent because it is obvious that they, they want a degree of freedom and interpretation to, to go along with the timeline and they don't i don't think they really really care uh because they've, they've said in interviews where they don't think about where this game is going to go in the timeline when they're working on it it's a it's a thing that they do after the game is finished uh but that said it's i think it's mostly fan it's the most it's the most incorrect interpretation to think that the games actually aren't connected to each other uh, that they weren't intended to be connected to each other. Even even in the earliest games, you have Zelda 1 and Zelda 2 clearly and obviously yeah. uh, connected to each other. A Link to the Past was after that, clearly and obviously by in the manual and in the back of the box uh, art telling you that it is a prequel to those two games. Uh, Ocarina of Time, you have interviews in you know 1998 with developers where they talk about, yeah, this is supposed to be a prequel to a link to the past it's it's a retelling of the imprisoning war that we talked about there so oh and even the the initial timeline split which people a lot of people assume that nintendo pulled out of their you know <laughs> uh uh that, that nintendo made it up or they just stole it from the community that timeline split was talked about by ag onuma in february of 2007 you know he he basically confirmed that wind waker was a parallel world and that uh, Twilight Princess happens in the kid timeline. And that that was three months after Twilight Princess released. So I just, I don't think that he was looking around game facts and stealing other, uh, you know, whatever lore theories people had in the three months since Twilight Princess released. So the split was intentional. The timelines were always intentional. I think it's fan fiction to to think that it's all just a bunch of legends. It's it's a, it's a cool concept, don't get me wrong, but, but if, anybody's the most wrong i think that that group's the most wrong sure yeah i mean it, it's hard to argue against someone who says well i just think that this was the original tent intent and you know that's it mm. I, I don't think there's really an argument to be had there you know yeah. i mean because like sure what if you're right okay i mean does that change what it is now no <laughs> i mean like when when uh, miyamoto came up with the initial idea for the legend of zelda did he immediately conceptualize breath of the wild no obviously you know <laughs> and and all the games in between no uh, it is exactly like you just said obviously i mean there's a lot of real world history that goes into the development of the zelda games and therefore the development of the zelda lore 
you know, they, they, Zelda games have always been at the forefront of pushing gaming as a whole uh, to the next level. They, I mean, they've, they've always done that. And so while they were doing that, you know, they started making more games and then they started coming up with new uh, ways to slot them in. And I don't think there's any problem with that. Right. I mean, I, I think that by the time... I mean, you, you mentioned Aonuma himself talked about the timeline split in 07. Well, I mean, when Wind Waker came out in 02, you know, again, that was already referencing the timeline split in-game, mm -hmm. you know? like there, And we don't even have to cite any other source. I mean, that's an in-game, like, it says, you know, the the boy, you know, called the hero was called the Hero of Time because he popped in this era and then popped out when he was done. I mean, that's clearly the adult timeline. Yeah. You know? It's, it's and so it's like... Day. Exactly. It's, it, you know, it's, it's, it can't, that sort of thing can't be debated because it's in game. And if there's one thing that everybody agrees on, it's in game canon. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. but, but I mean, if we're arguing intent, uh, intent's a weird thing yeah, to argue, uh, but, but the problem with this specific kind of thing to, to argue is that you have to argue that they're lying right now. You know, you have, you have to argue that right. when they say that it was intentional, because they do say that it was intentional. Uh, every time that they they have said that it's intentional, that they're lying and they continue to lie. And, you know, without evidence, you're just, you know, you're just calling developers liars for no reason. That's speculation. <laughs> yeah. In a court of law, they would say, hearsay, your honor, and they'd move on. Yeah, take take that to the Zelda court. It's not holding out. Take it to the Zelda court. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we should do, man. We should, we should, amongst the Zelda tubers, you heard it first here. Zelda Court, <laughs> where we it's it's going to be the next level of your rating your theories and mystery. <laughs> Get a patent on that idea. Yeah, there it is. They can take it to the Zeltic Court of Appeals if they need to. Zeltic Court of Appeals, exactly. <laughs> oh, that would be scary, actually. <laughs> we 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 hide from him. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so Harold Gamer, do you have a uh, do you have something that you didn't mention in that video that's 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 your hope? For Tears of the Kingdom, you mentioned those five things that you would like Tears of the Kingdom to introduce. Is there anything that you didn't mention uh, that's like something you really want in Tears of the Kingdom to happen? Um, uh, honestly, there's, there's probably tons I could go from. Um, hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a little bit of uh, you know I'm not even gonna call this silly. I was gonna call this silly, but no, this is serious. Petting <laughs> dogs, cats. All the love for the animals. Oh my god, that is it, serious. It is so serious. It's not even debatable. You could ask any fan online, and I'm sure they would agree. Most would agree. I'm pretty sure you yourself, Bandit, might have put a tweet about this sometime recently. Of I don't course know I did. Uh, it's, yeah. I'm very passionate about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew I wasn't making that up in my head. That is like a genuine hope of mine. I don't even mean this as a joke. It's a genuine hope that they bring animal interaction yeah, I'm not back. smiling are you smiling i'm not smiling. i'm smiling <laughs> thinking serious. about it but <laughs> i won't be smiling if it's not um exactly yeah i, I don't know i just I, I like the interaction that you could have with animals in past games and i'm gonna particularly go to twilight princess and picking cats up why was that ever i mean i know cats aren't in breath of the wild but, mm -hmm. but still why was that never carried through every single game afterwards that's, you could pet yeah, sheep hell? too in uh, Twilight Princess. Yeah. Oh my god, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, the, the you animals. Know what? I forgot about love. that too. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely that just knocked that. Twilight Princess up a little bit. I think <laughs> <laughs> you can't pet the fish in Wind Waker. 
<laughs> I, I actually would I be... had to go to fish because, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another thing I really want. I want fishing. Fishing. Back. I'm a huge, yes, please. huge fishing fan. Oh. You can fish in every way possible, except for with an actual fishing rod in Breath of the Wild. Pretty much. That is a very good summary of it. You can fish every way, but fishing. Except for, like, fishing. actual fishing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just thought of something really cool. What if you can craft a fishing rod, uh, you, you know, just get a stick and craft <clears throat> a line. You, you, you know, there'll be bug parts and you can use like those key size or, or some other kind of eyes in it as the fishing bob, you know, and, and like throw it out in there because they've got so much emphasis for crafting in uh, in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, no, I would love that, but that would it so would cool. require, yeah, it, it would require them to go back on just being able to blow up any fish you see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would love that though. I mean, it would, it would lead to a lot less fish death. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot less needless fish death. Let's just have them like in a different state of game logic altogether where if something happens nearby, they just kind of dissipate and kind of disappear, you know? The fishes don't need to die if I'm fighting bacoblins by the water, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Do you, Well, first of all, I, I would be stunned if you can't pet the dogs. Like that was a big complaint people had. I think there was even an interview where they mentioned that people really wanted to pet the dogs in Breath of the Wild. Uh, so just it'd be shocked if that didn't happen. But um, do you have do you have a particular hope that you're hoping to come into Tears of the Kingdom, Bandit? Oh, shoot! I thought you were about to ask him again. Uh, one second, <laughs> uh, let me. Think. Me too. I was getting mentally prepped too. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, dungeons. I guess. Right. But everybody wants. Everybody dungeons. wants dungeons. Oh yeah, that's the big let's one. Let's see. What's another specific thing? Music. Oh, music. Really? I want more. Uh, I'm a big music guy, man. I mean, I'm a big... And it's not just because I'm an editor and Nintendo lets me use their music so I, like, know all the tracks by heart. <laughs> but, like, I legit... Like, I'm one of those guys that doesn't listen to any, like, one genre of music personally. And uh, that includes soundtrack. Like, I just listen to what I'm into. And sometimes video game tracks or movie tracks or whatever can speak louder than any words can. And, uh, anyway... So I just, I don't know, Breath of the Wild had some great tunes. Um, there were kind of few and far between, uh, which is okay because, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have been through uh, a lot of like the study behind Breath of the Wild soundtrack, but in a nutshell, it was actually expertly crafted to ensure that you never get fatigued from listening to any one track. Right. Uh, because, you know, the areas are so massive, you know, uh, you know, it, it would kind of get tiring if for the next five hours of gameplay, you listen to the same Kakariko, you know, theme over and over again, etc. But I would like to hear some more, um, I don't know, iconic melodies, you know, that don't sound like background music. I mean, like, for instance, Gerudo Valley. Have we come back from Gerudo Valley yet? I don't think so. No, <laughs> I think it's still one of the yeah, it's still one of the freaking yeah it's, list toppers it's right up there. Yeah, exactly. Like it was so good, but also so chill. And what uh, I'll admit, one of the things that I was disappointed about with Breath of the Wild was Koji Kondo's absence. Uh, I, I believe he was present to help with some of the soundtrack, but uh, most of it was the new guy, and I forget his name. Uh, piano Man, I guess, because, <laughs> right. you know, there's a lot of piano in Breath of the Wild. But yeah, I would like to see a return to some iconic themes, personally. Maybe mix in some 
Ganondorf music whenever we approach him or something. Yeah. I don't know. So, like, Breath of the Wild had some good stuff. I, I just wanted to plug real quick, you know, like Hyrule Castle. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a great one. Hyrule Castle. Yeah, that's a great yeah. one. So, I, I agree with you. Um, I actually didn't know about that, that they didn't want you to get fatigued. They wanted the type of music. It makes it makes perfect sense. You spend a lot of time in the overworld, and they want you to be able to not get tired of it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I get why they did it. You know, the piano flourishes, the soft, uh, lingering melodies that they used in um breath of the wild and there was this video by masahiro sakurai you know he he puts these videos out in youtube the the, yeah. uh, the greatest Brothers. gaming channel of all yeah. time yeah he's so great and in one of the videos um that i was working on i was going to talk about the music for breath of the wild uh, but immediately he came out with a video uh talking about how music and in the video he's like uh i hear a lot of people saying i missed how music was back in the day i miss old video game music and he's like okay well let, let me show you something uh, uh let, let's put some old video game tracks and put some breath of the wild footage uh on top of it <laughs> and it, it it was a stark contrast you know like it didn't it didn't sound right, right. With, with having old right. old video game music and his point was like it just you just can't do that anymore kind, kind of thing it, it doesn't it doesn't feel right to to do it and so, like, I, I took that part of my video because I wasn't about to argue with Masahiro Sakurai, like, the second he put that video out, uh, mm -hmm. just in case someone threw that back in my face. But a solution, I think, could go with the dungeons. I, I continuously said, if they do make a more traditionalist dungeon, they could also include more traditional music that, to help with the atmosphere of that dungeon. And because dungeons aren't an affair that you're going to be in there for, like, you know, eight hours... Uh, you you probably won't get fatigued. You can just listen to that music while you're in there, um, however however long, half an hour, you know, hour at most to get through the dungeon. Uh, and that way, you can have iconic music that sounds more like classic Zelda music, and also Breath of the Wilds. Don't get tired of the overworld music. Yeah, I I mean, obviously, I I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Are like arguing with Mr. Sakurai? <laughs> uh, I we I think we all love the man and uh but you know i think there's just too many variables there to make that blanket of a statement you know you see the old video game music it doesn't fit here well i mean there, there are so many variables there i mean that those are from different games they were designed for those games those areas those situations those whatever none of which has anything to do with breath of the wild so go figure the music doesn't sound right <laughs> in breath of the wild right yeah. so but you know and and breath of the wild you know on in the same note, it the music, like I was saying, was designed for Breath of the Wild. So I get it. Like, uh, you know, I, I get why they did it. But I also don't think, like I was just saying, I don't think it's that simple. Just like old equals bad, good whimsical piano equals good. <laughs> um, you know, I think we could absolutely have dungeon themes for dungeons. Or I mean, we we had the sh the same freaking shrine theme for all one hundred and. 20. How many are there? 120. There, well, yeah, and then the DLC adds, what, 12? Yeah. Or something? So, I mean, over 130 shrines, we had the same the same one theme. Who knows how long I listened to that theme. <laughs> it must have been a <laughs> exactly. long time. It haunts me in my sleep. <laughs> it, it sure does. I used to use it in, like, every video, but then I figured, They've I am way overusing this thing. <laughs> that's the thing. It exactly. fits for videos really well as well. That's that's the thing. But it's, it's actually, it's actually it's, really it's like good. It's like a listening... Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
But and and that's a good theme, right? It, it's good for like thinking, listening. It's it's perfectly crafted for that situation. See, vice versa, if I if I grabbed that and slapped it over like the footage of Ocarina of Time Link jumping into Gerudo Valley with Epona, and then said, "You see, it doesn't work, it doesn't kids. Fit. <laughs> it doesn't fit." I mean, like, there's just too many variables there. So if it was designed for some good music, I don't see why. You know, it, it couldn't work. But yeah, the, the anyway. Zelda team is clever. Like, the, if they wanted it to work, they, Absolutely. Could, they can make it work. Like, the, the... Absolutely. We could get some iconic dungeon music. Bring oh, yeah. back the stuff like uh, Earth Temple Wind Waker. Oh, sorry, what's up? Sorry, I wasn't meaning to interrupt. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I ramble <laughs> I, too much. I, I was more just generally agreeing. My bad. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, let, let's move on. Um, let's, let's start getting into the leagues. So... Sweet. Actually, hang on. Let's talk about the leaks before we actually get into the leaks. I <clears throat> saw nice. uh, you, Bandit. I, I, I follow you on Twitter. And I saw that you received quite a reaction to your decision not to cover leaks in your videos. Uh, mm. And I, I actually got a similar reaction, which I, I find surprising that so many... So I think Triforce Trends also got some some of that. Uh, like, can you tell us what the reaction you got was by, by some of your commenters? So are you talking about the videos on YouTube? Uh, you, you got some comments of people like, uh, being angry that you didn't want to comment on leaks. Right, right. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, so some people are very upset. Uh, and I'm not really, like, I'm not sure why, to be honest. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's interesting. Uh, but, you know, force, or not forcing, but like demanding that YouTubers cover a leak you know when it's like i'm i've never been that kind of like on my channel you know what i mean i'm not i'm not that kind of like uh you'll never guess what just happened or you know like yeah. you know kind of like uh what's the word clout you yeah. know and leaks and clout are kind of similar if we're if we're being honest um and there's nothing wrong with covering that stuff it's just not my trademark it's you just not what do i it. do like you I, just didn't want to yeah, do it. I, yeah i just don't want to do it and exactly i shouldn't have to explain it right but i mean like here we are and we have <laughs> uh the reactions that we have gotten and it's not just me yeah okay. I, I got them too. i'm pretty sure yeah I got yeah them. you have yeah did you get a gamer has did you get them too yeah. hyrule gamer yeah i like, got a fair few <laughs> Like, is it the same so, guy or what, what's going on here? Like, there's at least uh, four of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least four. Maybe, maybe they have a group chat and they just organize these different replies about it. I, I can it turns even, out it's just the same dude. I can even <laughs> understand them being upset a little bit. Like, I can, I understand, like, oh, they, they have this information. They want their favorite YouTubers to cover it, maybe. Um, I, I can understand them being a little disappointed. But we had people on here with like extremely visceral reactions in the comment section, oh, yeah. like ca calling the content creators cowards for not doing it, that you're all a bunch of Nintendo shills. Uh, and I'm just like, bro, like, we just we just don't want to do it. Just like, I don't... chill, man. Yeah. We're trying to not. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of goes to what Bandit said of like, it's not something we covered prior already. Like, we were never leak channels, the type of people that covered leaks. And, and like you said, there's nothing wrong if that is something you, but it's not something we've done. So why is it odd that we're just clarifying, yeah, I won't be covering mm -hmm. this. Like, it, it doesn't make sense, in my opinion. But mm. It's caused people to be passionate in the other spectrum as well. You know what I mean? Like, yes. 
because uh, on the one end you've got the people that are just screaming about like why aren't you covering this and yeah. so it's creating the other end as well where they're screaming about don't cover it right and so now all of a sudden there's two sides you see what i mean Zelda it wasn't fans even... are quite passionate, yeah. uh, I've noticed. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we, we love <laughs> Zelda fans, but yes, you are correct. Uh, personally, like, I, I, I've played Zelda since Ocarina of Time. I went back and I played, like, almost all of them. And I, I've, I've been a part of playing Zelda games pretty much my whole child and adult life. But That's I, a W. But I, I never was part of the Zelda community. You know, I, I never, like, went to forums and read what they were doing. I wasn't part of the internet Zelda. I just played Same. the games. Uh, and then I started, you know, covering them. And I and I had to start reading what people say in comments. And I'm doing research. And I'm trying to see other people's videos and trying to understand how things <clears throat> are done in the community. And I'm realizing um, Zelda fans are crazy. Like, Zelda fans. <laughs> That's a good way to I've put done, it. <laughs> I've done, I've done oh, coverage for, you know, Elden Ring. I've done coverage for Monster Hunter. And I and I gained sizable followings in those places, which, uh, which you know, gave me the confidence to try and transition into Zelda making content. But I have never received some of the kinds of comments that I get, uh, even from Souls yeah. players. You would think that the Souls people would be the, the roughest uh, uh, kind of community. But, but no, the Zelda people have been the most... Um, passionate let's say i i don't even really know why it is but it's always been that way i mean like i said there were there were jokes comic joke things you know when i was a kid about people arguing over zelda games <laughs> you know so i'm not sure what it is about zelda but it, it, it i think it's just because people love these games they love these games a lot like mm. you said they're passionate and so a lot of times you know when you have a person that's a bit maybe not quite as mature as they should be talking online. You know, they see somebody else have another opinion, be it, hey, I like this game better than this one or whatever. It, see, it it's a learned behavior to be able to be like, okay, cool. That's your opinion. Cool. And then, you know, kind of go on. By default, you know, you see kids arguing with each other saying, no, my dad's stronger than your dad or my, you know, blah, 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 whatever. So it's like... Maybe the it, audience is just like younger. An, Maybe the audience is just younger. Maybe that it has could something be. to do with it. It could be. It could be. Because it's definitely, like, it's a natural human response to opposition. It's it's one that, like, like I was just saying, has to be learned and taught to come out of. So, I don't know. Maybe the Zelda community is just that big. Mm. Or, like you said, maybe it has younger people in it. You know, it's always appealed to, you know, not any one particular age. Uh, so, anyway. Also, I just wanted to plug real quick. You cover Elden Ring. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, vintage Souls fans used to be the friendliest people on the planet. <laughs> Not even kidding. Uh, like, I mean, it, you know, because it was kind of like a like a camaraderie, you know, getting through the games. Be, even being able to uh, discuss lore and crap like that mm -hmm. required you to have beaten the game, which requires you to have been... You know, it's it's like being a biker, you know what I mean? You you pull up to like a club or something and there's already all this understood uh, stuff between you, right. you know? You, you, you're able to uh, ride a bike and all the difficulties that come with that. Well, if you're able to beat a Souls game, you know, there are quite a few difficulties that come with that. Uh, so there was this kind of sense of camaraderie, you know, among the fans. But I don't know. As the franchise has grown, um, 
maybe it's maybe it's kind of the same thing you know there's just it just opens the door to more passionate people who are i guess a bit less open to other opinions and stuff so i think it's kind of natural it's unfortunate but it's kind of natural i think that this also happened in the monster hunter community because I, I wasn't there for it, but before Monster Hunter World, the Monster Hunter community wasn't very large. Um, and, you know, yeah. they're still quite friendly, like probably the friendliest group. But but uh, they were, they were. I've heard it reported that they were a lot more so before Monster Hunter World. Mm -hmm. And I suspect the reason that this happens is because when the fan base is small, they're hungry to get more people in. You know, they they, they want to proselytize right. their their favorite thing, you know, you, when uh, Souls was small, when it was just Demon Souls. Like, I know I was constantly like, trying to get anyone to play it. Like, come on, play Demon Souls, play uh, Dark Souls 1. Uh, and then as it grew into this whole, into quite mainstream, uh, if it has gotten worse, I, I, I think that that's why. Because now we're like, hang on, we're full. <laughs> we're at capacity. No, you're, you're <laughs> right. As a, as a fandom grows, I think this is true of movies, books, TV games anything really sports anything as a fandom grows you know it becomes more volatile it, there there's a direct like that's a direct equation mm -hmm. i feel so yeah but you know uh, like i said we love zelda fans zelda fans are amazing they're great and they're uh, great there's, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of good that comes from the zelda community oh, thank, yeah. thank you Fan guys for art. watching my videos yeah <laughs> <laughs> meet all all three of us thank thank everybody for watching the videos but you know, uh, there's a lot of awesome just fan community camaraderie as well that comes from the Zelda community. So it, this isn't just a beating on Zelda fans. It's just that, you know, if anything, it's a compliment to the community for being big enough to have people like that in it. Mm. Uh, because, you know, there there are... Like, I just went through the game Outer Wilds. Oh. I don't know if you guys have... Oh, what a wonderful oh, okay. thing to I've, say. Oh, I've seen the game. I haven't... Oh, uh, Hero Gamer, I was you, not you expecting either it. of you. You have to play it. It's so good. I'll, I'll I, I will say... I will say, dude, um, I, I put it off for about a year. I bought it like a year ago, and then I was just like, eh, one day, because it went on sale. Mm -hmm. But, uh, man, I, I, I wish I could wipe my memory and go through it again. Yep. It, it was it was magical and uh i may or may not have cried but anyway so but the point is i i couldn't even find anybody to like talk to about it online right it's such a tiny community and it really puts things in perspective um one of the things the about the community is so huge one of the things about outer wild specifically is that it's actually hard <clears throat> to find anyone willing to talk about it uh because they don't want to spoil it. They don't want to spoil it because it, it's uniquely sensitive to spoilers because of the nature of, of its gameplay. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's very it's very difficult to say anything about <laughs> it uh, as a pitch to to a new player without without spoiling like essential uh, things right. that they would have enjoyed more playing themselves. So it's like it's you've quite got the to do it blind. <laughs> yeah, you, you've it, and you've got to pitch it blind too, like you yep. were saying. Like just you, trust you really me, bro. Can't say, <laughs> Right. You can't say if you like games like XYZ. The only thing that I've really said is that um Majora's and Mask. even this might be kind of a spoiler. Well no. I, I I likened it to the gameplay of Subnautica and the impact of Undertale. Ooh. Because okay. it's uh you know, kinda of, it's it it's kind of similar. And and now it's not it doesn't hit you in the same vein as Undertale or whatever. I'm just saying that it's the emotional bit, impact is similar. Exactly. It's surprisingly emotional kind of like undertale because you know you you log into undertale and you're like oh it's a cute little game and then all of a sudden you're like sobbing for three <laughs> years 
Uh, and you just can't quit Undertale music and all that stuff. It's very similar. When you're done with Outer Wilds, you'll be listening to the track and just staring <laughs> off into space, wondering about life. And uh, But the gameplay itself is kind of like Subnautica in space. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing. You guys. But uh, anyway, we can. Oh, sorry. Uh, the audience, you should if you if you haven't played Outer Wilds, uh, you should trust uh, me or Bandit. And if you want to know a little bit about it, I actually made a video trying to get people to play it without spoiling too much. Oh my so, god! So get, look look for that video if, if you uh, if you are not convinced. It's a great game. Hell, I'm gonna check that video out. <laughs> but but let's move on to the actual uh, leaks. We've got almost an hour just talking about Zelda without actually covering any of the leaks I said we were going to. <laughs> um, right. Okay, so for. There are a couple of things that were kind of um, <clears throat> confirmed, but most of it is just like uh, added a lot of questions to things. Uh, it added fertile ground for speculation from what I from all the leaks that I that I saw. So number one, that is pretty much basically guaranteed, pretty much confirmed. Weapon crafting. <clears throat> Do you guys you guys saw that? Mm -hmm. So yeah. monster monster parts. Uh, I actually made a video talking about this. A little bit before the leak came out and it works almost exactly how i how i thought it was going to so i was very happy uh weapon crafting using monster parts um i'm gonna let i'm gonna let my buddy adam take the <laughs> okay. reins here because um, I, I don't want to just fill this entire thing up with my voice yeah yeah no problem. Is, i'm i'm not entirely sure what i make of the the crafting stuff yet in terms of the art book um it's extremely intriguing, as as is basically everything that was leaked. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just it it just, it it just makes me excited to see how that will actually turn out in the game. Um, if it is in the game in the exact same way it's shown in the book, because I think someone with art books is that not everything in there isn't necessarily in the final right. game. It might have changed right. since whatever concept they show in. Um, and like we've seen that over time with various different art books and just books that include art in general. Um, well, for for context, let me ask you, Hyrule Gamer, how did you feel about? I mean, this is kind of a, a another touchy subject for the Breath of the Wild community, but how did you feel about weapon durability? Um, I, I've chopped and changed oh, my opinions of it, um, but I think sitting here now is six years on. Um, <laughs> I think it was good. I think right. it has things that could be improved on, and I'm I, I used to be someone who was like, "No, nah, let's just get rid of it." But I think nowadays I'm more on the side of let's keep it and work on it. I think the idea itself is really good and really fitting. I just think there's some things that maybe need to be tweaked, and it kind of looks like they're going to go in that direction with Tears of the Kingdom, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to have the exact same. I don't think they're going to throw it away. I think they're going to change it up a little, see see how we like it now. So I just sent you an image um, on, the, oh, yeah. on the chat. And so basically, uh, one of the interesting things about this weapon crafting that, that, that I found, you know, you take monster parts and you combine it. It looks yeah. like you're just going to take monster parts and combine it with stuff to make stronger weapons. But the weird thing is that what seems to get combined is actual weapons. So like uh, the picture depicts some swords. And then monster parts just stuck to the sword. Um, like there's a Hinox toenail and some uh, Moblin horns and stuff like that. And it looks like you're just, uh, you know, putting them together. That, that That's probably like an older version of it. Um, but yeah. even on the yeah. on the stuff that looks more realistic, you take 
monster parts and you just connect them to whatever you have on hand. Uh, it, and in almost all of them, it looks like it's rusty swords and just existing uh, wooden sticks. And you, you know, just put them together like like you're exact, almost exactly how they're doing for the vehicles. And you make a, a new weapon. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely it's a nice and simple concept. Yeah, yeah. Even I can understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I think that's probably one of the main things, actually, with, if, 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 and it does look like it, taking that approach of let's keep what we have but work on it. I feel like something very important is don't overcomplicate the changes. Make it simple and easy for anyone playing to understand it and pick it up. Like, I wouldn't say Zelligams are known for their extreme complex crafting or anything like that. And it's still kind of, at least in the grand scheme of things, a bit of a new concept with weapons in particular. So mm. I feel like that is a key point to keep it simple and not overdo it, which is kind of what it looks like. So my biggest yeah. um, hope for this is actually that it helps with the enemy variety, because Obviously, one of the reasons, one of the big things that people complain about Breath of the Wild is the lack of enemy variety. You only have three main subgroups of care of enemies, and those groups, you know, come in a variety of different colors, and that's how they—that's pretty much all the variety you're going to get for those groups. Uh, and one of the reasons that they're so limited is because they have to give you weapons whenever you kill something. So you know, they have to be humanoidish. They have to be the kind of things that wield weapons to be able to fight. But with this. Um, with this, you get monster part horns and you turn those into weapons, then it frees them up to make all kinds of things that don't have to wield weapons that you that you need to get because you get the weapons from their, from their parts. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just hopeful that that frees up their creativity. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that, can we, can we talk? Agree. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just, just staying. I agree. Go ahead. Can, can we talk about how strange the monster horns are though? <laughs> yeah, they they look like a what, little like what funky in this picture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, ever since the uh, trailers started coming out after the first one, mm -hmm. you know, the ones that actually, I think it was the second trailer that finally showed, you know, Link diving down and seeing some bacoblins that are familiar looking, but even they have like funky horns now. Their their horns are like freaking long, and then. The moblins have like skull cap looking things and uh it's just strange of all the design choices to use in upgrading the weapons or <laughs> i'm sorry the enemies for the sequel it's like let's give them hats let's give them anyway it's just it, it just feels a little strange to me um i'm assuming strange enough well strange enough to where there's got to be a dis like a, a uh, reason behind right. it a very specific reason so so I, I'm assuming that, you know, the reason is so that they have something to turn into weapons, like the Bokoblin things look right. like spears. But lore-wise, I suspect that, like, the Malice explosion, like, with, with, you know, Gandorf coming out and his Malice spreading out everywhere, they're all powered up, and the horns are actual just horns. They're not, they're not hats, uh, and they're just growing out from their, from their skulls. Like, yeah. that's what I'm assuming right now, lore-wise. I mean that's that's as good an assumption as any. I think yeah, that's I mean yeah. especially with the previous trailer. I mean we saw uh literal meteor shards of malice up up you know almost just shooting into enemies and then we saw other enemies just emanating malice and stuff. And also I would like to throw out there that we are calling it malice. However, just a little disclaimer, 
we still don't know for sure, for sure, for sure that it is malice. Mm. Um, I, I think it is definitely the same like substance, but it's clearly more concentrated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, mo it's, it's even like, it's more concentrated in every way. Color wise, it's redder. Uh, it's goopier, <laughs> you Much know, it's, it's <laughs> right. And then at the end of the most recent trailer, we saw a literal tendril like come out of Ganondorf's chest and seemingly attack Link. So it's like, what, 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 and be you know strong what I mean? enough like, to like destroy the master sword, apparently, you know, like that's which, yeah, I made it, I did a tweet the other day about that, it, that, that right there is so like HMK caught onto it immediately because that that's that's a lot bigger than people are thinking. It's like, oh shoot, they destroyed the Master Sword. Well, anyway, what about this gameplay? And I'm like, no, no, that's important. <laughs> exactly, lore wise, the Master Sword cannot be touched by evil. Right? Cannot. It is impossible. It you know it, that you you literally have Wolf Link walk in its vicinity, and it it cannot stand you know like Twilight being around it or whatever. And so it you know. Like Ganondorf's power, which is supposed to be omnipotent, uh, was because you know it came from the Triforce of Power, mm -hmm. which is a whole you know other lore thing. But anyway, uh, it the only thing that could expel even a curse that originated from the Triforce of Power was the Master Sword. Mm -hmm. So this thing, I mean, clearly it 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 is the holder of you know the the origin of evil, demise's essence. All sorts of stuff, and yet we are seeing it shattered and corrupted by this extremely this malice part two, if you will. So it's like I yeah, don't know. It's very I think interesting. that's it's, it's very extremely interesting. interesting. And you know, for the for the lore heads out there, we're we're just we just can't get enough. You know, we're we're just nipping at the bud for this game to release already. <laughs> How many days is it now? 75, 74, something oh, like that. Oh, it's no, like it's, it's like sixty four or five. Yeah, sixty four. Yeah. I think it's it, we passed the nice day. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's we 10 passed days less than I thought. <laughs> I think it might be yeah. sixty three today. I think. Oh, that's um, great. <laughs> Almost you know two what, months. HG? You have just enough time to go through Outer Wilds, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plenty of time. It's, it's not that long of a game. It's as short no, as... it's uh, not. I mean, it's actually very short, depending on how you approach it. But uh... if you're really, really good at reading and, and, and you know, like environmental uh, clues, mm -hmm. uh, you'll have a much quicker time through it. Um, It'll be rewarding yeah. either way. Everybody play out wild. <laughs> it's something Everybody. to do while uh, the game releases. If their if their sales numbers go up after this, that would be amazing. Incredible. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I I think I think the notion of just you know weighing in on the weapon crafting, um, I personally was never the type that had a very big problem with weapon durability in the first game. However, uh, if something like this can be like for instance, you know, maybe these parts are what will break, and then you can replace the part on the weapon, you mm. know, or something like that. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, well, you know, I, I definitely think that they're doing something with the durability system. And I think that it's directly related to this crafting uh, that we see. Uh, so, but, you know, whatever it is, I'm a bit of a pacifist when it comes to, like, combat systems in particular. I, I'm not one of those, like, combat system elitist people like, oh, you know, the Halo feels so much better than Call of Duty because of blah, 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 or vice versa. I to me, if I'm playing that game and that's how it feels, that's how it feels. Mm. You know, I'm gonna try to get better at playing that game. For Breath of the Wild, you know, 
obviously they had their systems. So what it did was it forced me to adapt to that. I had my stronger weapons that I would pull out in stronger battles. And then I had my weapons that would just rotate. And then obviously once you had the Master Sword in the base game, you really didn't need much else. You just use that until it ran out. And then, I mean, if you're just walking from place to place, it'll probably come back by the time that you are in a fight again. So what I'm trying to say is I didn't really have a problem with the weapon durability system. I do think that it was less than a perfect system, but I mean, eh. The way I feel about it is... That's not a hill that, yeah. It grew on me over time. Like, I I think I was on the bandwagon initially where you're just like, I don't like it. But, um... I have always understood why they did it, you know, uh, and and I I respect why they did it. Um, Right. And, but, but it's probably telling when so many, it's like the most thing I hear all the time, every comment, every time I talk about anything gameplay related, there's always that mentioned, like even before. My own brother has still not finished the game because of that. (laughs) So if you have this many people complaining about it, it's probably a good idea to revamp it at least slightly. Like, yeah. I, I don't think it was the worst system ever. I don't think it was terrible. But I do think that uh, when you have this many people complaining, you probably should do something. Absolutely. And I think that's what they're... I, I That's why I'm assuming this is addressing that in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next thing. Do you guys think that what we've seen in the art book implies playable Zelda? Uh, not really. I don't think so. Well, we um, didn't see much Zelda-specific stuff in the art book, really. There's yeah. really only there's only one thing. It's this uh, image here. Ah, I'm looking at that right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's only one thing, and it shows you know Zelda in a large cavern with a torch, which presumably underground. Um, and the only weird thing about it is that she's underground. Uh, oh, I mean, sorry, by herself. The only weird thing right. about it is that she's by herself. Um, and it's the only thing in the whole art book where you don't see her with Link or, or, yeah, which isn't much evidence, but if, if this was going to be a thing, this was, this is what I expected it would look like. Absolutely. I, so I do think that there's about a 70, 80% chance that she will be playable, but I don't think she'll be playable to the extent that a lot of people are hoping. Mm. Um, I think that it's going to be one of the, I mean, Zelda clearly, Okay. Another one of those things that people are kind of sleeping on talking about is the fact that Zelda's falling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's obviously very important. Very important. They've shown <laughs> it to us twice. Actually, thrice. In in all three of the actual trailers, she has fallen. And uh, so they really want you to understand Zelda going underground. Yep. You know, like she's, she's going down there. And then conveniently now we see Zelda walking around, uh, sometimes without Link, like you just showed with these intricate like ancient ruins underneath the ground and so i think that potentially and she has a Sheikah be... and she does exactly i think that potential and it's like a revamped Sheikah switch to be honest mm-hmm. she's playing some animal crossing on there you know passing the time for link to uh come save her uh, or something but anyway she i think that it's it's not going to be you know because a lot of people want zelda and link to be essentially swappable for gameplay oh like, yeah i don't think that you know yeah that i don't yeah no well, and, you know, we've got all this concept art for Link and Link's armor and all that stuff, but you, we've got one for Zelda, <laughs> and it's it's the one outfit. Now, of course, it's a full model, uh, which means that we we are going to be seeing a lot of her. It's not just going to be a couple pre-rendered cutscenes. Like, for instance, I don't think Zelda's dying 
I think I think that a lot of people do assume Zelda's dying. I think it's possible, sure, but I mean, like, uh, this seeing stuff like this makes me think, like, especially after the last trailer when we saw the torches following with her. Mm-hmm. Like everything that Nintendo puts in every shot of their trailers, it's why we spec, you know, speculate over every little thing because they know what they're doing. Okay, like <laughs> they they put these things there so that you can uh, make some guesses and whatever. Like the torch is going to fall down with her, and she's going to relight, and then she's going to be like, "Oh, where am I?" And then she's going to be walking around, and it's going to lead to scenes like the one that you're showing us. Uh, that that's what I think is going to happen personally. Now I don't know for what or for who. Or whatever, uh, but clearly Zelda will find somebody and will ask them to aid Link. So, I, I think that that's something yeah. that's going to happen. So, what do you think, Hyrule Gamer? Uh, honestly, I mean, like going off this image, and I, I remember when I seen this image actually for the first time. Um, I was the the first thing that came to mind is like, I mean, obviously excitement <laughs> of like, oh my god, Zelda underground, more on that. That's so cool. <laughs> but I feel like generally it just opens up the speculation even more, which is essentially yeah. what this whole game is currently. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of just agree with Banda, actually, on everything he touched on. Um, I feel like it's definitely possible and more likely to happen than not likely to happen. Mm. Um mm. It's just a case of like how it will be done. I think I've said it in a, in a few videos before, but I I personally yeah. think it will be done in segments of anything. Like there'll be playable Zelda sections of the game, but I, I I agree that I don't think it's anywhere close to the extent a lot of people think it will be or want it to be. Um, I've heard a lot of people don't want her to be weaker than Link. They don't want her to be a a, a damsel in distress. They don't want her to be in danger in comparison to Link. Um, and I think that that's just not likely. Like, first of all, there was an interview for Breath of the Wild a while ago um, where they, they mentioned playable Zelda to them, to Eiji Onuma back then. And he's basically like, if we, if we add in Zelda and we give her all the abilities to do everything Link does, then what's left for Link to do? You know, oh, uh, that's a big question, actually. But I guess we won't necessarily go into that. Okay. Um, well, he he said that. So if they do add Zelda in Tears of the Kingdom, I I don't think that they're going to go back on that. They'll have to give her a different way to play to Link. Um, I think she will be weaker. Uh, you know, they might be stealth sections for all I know. If if she's playable, I suspect that she's going to be basically what Bandit said: looking in the underground, stuck in the underground probably trying to get back to Link. Um, and this this image kind of supports that idea. This is actually something that I speculated on before the leaks came out. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, also, I think... Oh, sorry, go on. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I also don't think she she dies because there in the trailer, she says, I don't think that you are strong enough to defeat him uh, to Link, talking about presumably Ganondorf. And... In order for that to happen, that means that they must have gone through the event where they saw Ganondorf and, you know, she fell and, you know, so they now, they know about him, like they know about him and Link's in the sky and Zelda's somewhere else probably. So maybe they're communicating through, um, the Sheikah Slater or somehow. Uh, so she, they must have gone through that event and she must have survived that event to be able to say that to Link, I think, unless she's a ghost, but I don't think they would do that because that would be narratively very disappointing 
to me <laughs> to, to <laughs> you know, it just removes all the stakes from death of zelda as a ghost and she could be brought back to life later just really wish they i, I hope they don't do that. i mean technically they have done that mm -hmm. in uh you know spirit tracks, tracks and yeah. uh yeah. twilight princess um twilight you know, princess it, was different though because that's just like that's more like a possessed zelda kind of thing I just yeah, don't. But her, I just don't like her that. essence. <laughs> well, her it it leads to a lot of speculation, as does everything in right. the Legend of <laughs> Zelda. But I mean, number one, she was removed from her body, which implies ghost or spirit or something. Yeah. And then number two, she had dissipated, yeah. apparently entirely. Yeah. And then the next time you see, like, there was never any. There was like a very small section saying that she was alive, but but. At the time, there was no indication that she had survived that moment. Like, I thought she was dead. I'm sure every person that was playing... That, that was definitely the, the implication. Yeah. If she hadn't died there, then the scene has very little emotional Wait. impact. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, you're just playing this card right now. That's cool. We'll see you later. <laughs> I, I kind of just wish she had um, remained dead uh, and, and Midna would have become important for that. I know they can't do that, obviously, for lore reasons, but still... <laughs> yeah well i mean it was the coolest darn thing yes. when they did do it though because uh, for a second midna had become you know the princess of light and twilight and yeah that's just the coolest freaking thing so cool but uh yeah but i mean of course you can't just kill you can't just you can't kill, kill zelda. zelda yeah <laughs> what are you talking about you can't do that uh so anyway I think that zelda being playable to a lesser degree in breath of the wild or sorry tears of the kingdom will uh add to kind of a, a gameplay refresher moment you know mm, mm -hmm. like you go from the overworld main gameplay with link uh and then you have like i don't know maybe there are things that zelda has to not only explore down there but hide from or you know sneaker maybe she's more of a stealth type thing down there i, I don't know maybe this she activates obviously things. like maybe maybe pure, this, yeah. yeah maybe she activates things and this is all it's it's 110 we're all speculating. speculative <laughs> this is right. one of the interesting things about these leaks apart from the weapon crafting which seems basically confirmed a lot of this stuff is still like quite up in the air like they're they're um like i said it's fertile ground for speculation like we can sit here and right. like stare at these images all day but uh but we, we can't be sure <laughs> we can't be sure what they're exactly. implying yeah um i mean when the leaks first came out, something I had uh, discussed with a friend about them, like I looked through the art book and all that, and I was like, honestly, this kind of just makes me even more excited than I already was. And like, mm -hmm. I know, like I know necessi not necessarily all these uh, visuals will actually be in the game as we've seen them or at all, but just the amount of stuff there that was new to what we've already seen in the trailers or building on what we've already seen in the trailers it's just got me so much more excited for the game despite all of Absolutely. it being completely speculative it just it's opened so many more doors of potential for the game and it's just it's going to be amazing, is basically where I'm leading to with that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so I'm so excited I'm so excited I'm, I'm I'm shaking my fist in the air. It better be exciting. Yeah. Wow, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the uh, I, I will say one of the weirdest things to me about the notion of Zelda walking around in the underground is the fact that Link apparently has spelunking gear now. Yeah, yeah I noticed that one. Uh, yeah, that that wire. Yeah, uh, and the thing uh, is, that's in the trailer too. Yes. Yeah, the spool. That, that, uh, yeah, the spool there. of of stuff. And you know, I I highly doubt he's going to be like hitching himself to 
friggin' trees or, or something like up on up on the overworld and like, you know, pulling a Jurassic Park, you know, and trying to like uh, uh, haul things around with this. Clearly, with its positioning, I, I'm just assuming it is for spelunking. Well, the, you know, and for repelling down or something like that. So, the, so I just sent it to you. And the problem with this particular piece of gear is that um, the spool is attached to his waist, and uh, it has a little like energy beam that seems to be going yeah, in, in the direction. The, yeah. And it it's connected to not rocks for spelunking. It's connected to the Sheikah slate, the the Zelda's right. Sheikah slate that she's supposed to have. Um, what's up with that? What's going on? I got no freaking clue, man. <laughs> I am not going to lie. It is. And they even specifically proved that it's connected, at least in some way, because you see that little, you know, uh, power, uh, whatever you want to call that energy or whatever. Energy flowing into attached, the... Attached, right. Yeah. Flowing into the Sheikah Slate. So I got no freaking clue. Do you have any ideas from, from the image, uh, Hyrule Gamer? Uh, it might come as a surprise, but... I also have no idea. <laughs> it's it, it's intriguing, but in such a mysterious way. <laughs> well, why would you need to be connected to the Sheikah Slate and then be able to move away from it while yeah. not being yeah, detached it's... from it? What that's the question. Yeah, you know, why would the Sheikah Slate need to be apart from him? Yeah, like and uh, and Zelda has it right. So, yeah. Is she like controlling links via, via is there, wire? Is there some right? Is there some reason that they cannot meet? Yeah, there's some some particular reason that they can't meet, but yet they still have to interact. You know, and maybe that gives way to some puzzles, like two sided puzzles, like you know, there can. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, that's still <laughs> speculation, but it implies that you know, since she has that, he. I mean, because if he had it, he wouldn't need the spool. Yeah. So she has the slate. He has the spool. They're connected. He can't get to her. I, I, I don't know. You don't see it's him in this image holding the Sheikah slate. Like he's, you don't see him connecting it. Uh, you never do. Yeah. So you, you never do in the trailers. You never do in this book. It's the only person that is shown holding it, in, including official publicly released art, by mm -hmm. the way, mm -hmm. is Zelda. So, Quite strange. Quite strange. Yeah. They're trying to tell us something. I just don't know. <laughs> I don't what. really know what. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> All right, here's the here's the million dollar question. Uh, do you guys think the leaks imply the existence of dungeons? Yes. That that hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll see what you hmm. think as well. Hmm. Well, I'm not I, that's not in response to you saying yes necessarily. <laughs> that's just that's just me just humming, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. there are so many like locations that so yeah, like like when Link is standing there facing the Magatama right mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. that implies he just went through and you know given that there's only seven of them which is again a bit of speculation but there are seven on seems the like a likely. mural stuff yeah yeah there well there's seven surrounding um the raru uh character which by the way you are are we in agreement that that character is raru or, yes or yeah, called yeah. Raru? yeah yeah okay cool right cool uh anyway but uh you know there are seven surrounding that character uh, so I'm assuming seven and seven is a pretty common number for like dungeons uh, in the Zelda series, or at least it's, you know, right up there with the number that would be the number of dungeons in other games. So, you know, given that you would have to go through one to collect one of these Magatamas or tiers or whatever, that makes sense. Um, and they do have a lot of location, just arts, you know what I mean? Like uh, page 148 mm -hmm. of the book. 
has like a, a big floating spiral looking thing with a little placeholder for I'm assuming Link. Yeah. Uh, and you know it's got a grand entrance. It's you know if if I didn't know any better, I'd say that there is a dungeon entrance. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like you know I I would like to think so. Yeah, there's a I lot would. of there's a lot of locations that are large and sprawling. Link is quite right. small, and it, it's just With the kind like of entrances. And yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. It's the kind of thing you would expect a dungeon to look like. Um, yes. <clears throat> and then you know you do you, you see what it would presumably are the tiers that you're that you're collecting, uh, and the the locations look like oh you just went through this big ordeal uh, to get these tiers. So I don't know if that means that that it's going to be dungeons, but it it makes me more hopeful than I was before. I saw these uh, these images. I'd say it's probably up there with the percentage chance of Zelda being playable. It's one of those things that's like we've seen enough at this point to where it's like, I think there's a good chance. I think there's like a 70% chance that there's going to be dungeons and uh, at least somewhat playable Zelda in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think for me it kind of, it feels like just waiting on confirmation of it in a way. It feels like everything's there, hinting at it wise for it to make sense um and like going for all the different locations in the art book that kind of make you think is this a dungeon this is completely speculative of course but the vibe just fits it feels like this is their ideas for dungeons um i don't know it's just like i can't think of necessarily what else all these different locations are that we're seeing um and going off I mean, how, that's a very good point yeah and like going off how, like what else what else be? could they yeah, be? yeah yeah exactly and like the zelda team are known for listening to a lot of fan feedback and dungeons was very very topical <laughs> from breath of the wild so it wouldn't oh, yeah. surprise me at all if that's something they've looked at heavily going into this game um and yeah that's just kind of the vibe i get from those images there's a lot of people like in my comment sections um maybe from the nature of some of the videos that I've made, but there's a lot of people in my comment sections that are, are like passionate. No dungeons, no buy is basically their, their attitude to, to this. They're like, I will, I will purchase this. If there's dungeons, I will, I will spend my money on this, even though I, I only kind of like breath of the wild, or I got a little tired of breath of the wild, but if they have dungeons, that's, I, I will, I will shift my tune. I will, I will go there. I will enjoy it. Um, but that's, that's a deal breaker for me. There's a lot of people that that are like that especially in my in my audience it's that's fair all all opinions are fair unless they're <laughs> factually wrong it's fair yeah so i mean like if that's what you like zelda games for and you would like for the next zelda game to feel like a zelda game i understand yeah totally. for sure uh you know now me i'm gonna be buying it either way i ain't gonna <laughs> lie i you know i think it's probably the same for all of us yeah uh, yeah for you know and i think the vast majority of people will as well one of the things we can't get around is the fact that breath of the wild is definitively not only one of like not only the most popular game uh, zelda game of all time but it is one of the most popular games of all time yep. i mean it's i think it either passed or is nearing 30 million total units sold it's getting close which is an insane number uh you know where the the next biggest zelda game was twilight princess i believe uh measly 10 sold yeah a <laughs> measly 10 you know it's so so small which is still like a huge number you yeah know? but anyway it's it's we we've just got to accept the fact that there are a bunch of new zelda fans and they're fans of breath of the wild 
they don't know to ask for dungeons. That's a strange, like, ask for them. Well, uh, well, I'm not know, sure about that, actually. Thing. Because I, I think, um, like, people like us that, that keep hammering for dungeons have done a good job of propagandizing <laughs> even Breath of the Wild yeah. fans. Because uh, We did good, we did good. Yeah, like, I, I see them a lot. Even people that have only played Breath of the Wild, they're like, you know what, okay, I don't mind. Let's, let's give the dungeons a chance. They're very, it seems to be like everybody's pro-dungeon, even if you've never tried one. Yeah, but they probably wouldn't, like, die on that hill, for instance. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I think that people both new and old to the franchise are all collectively asking for dungeons. So, yeah, I would like to hope that these things that we see are, in fact, dungeons. Okay. There's a couple of images um, that looks like that you're in an interior with... Uh, a surface that's that's underwater like the, the top the roof looks like it's underwater have you seen these <clears throat> images here yes. this is one of the oh, examples you know what i i i mean yes i've seen that but i don't think i ever put two and two together i just thought that that was a cool sheikah or not sheikah sorry <clears throat> zonai uh ceiling or something it's that's but no you're yeah that's possible uh, but uh, it does have ripples it does kind of look like it's underwater um well first hyrule gamer what what, what do you think underwater uh areas uh i think underwater areas will be in the game but i'm not necessarily convinced that this is one of them um mm. i think the ceiling kind of gives off that vibe but i'm not completely sold on that being the case um i definitely get what you mean with the ripples it does look like that but i don't know i just i'm not completely sold on that image specifically being underwater but i do think there will be underwater locations of some kind Hopefully. Is that a big is Sorry? is that a thing that you would like? Is oh, that a yeah. thing that you would uh yeah. really I'm I'm a, a very, very big fan of the lake bed temple in Twilight Princess. Um mm. I loved just diving under the water, finding like even the entrance, it was like a little set of ruins, and you go for a tunnel, and then you're in this big abandoned Zora temple. It was so cool. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be Zora related in Tears of the Kingdom, just something underwater in the same sort of vein as that i think it'd be really cool i would really like um underwater exploration have you ever uh like taken the camera underneath um the ocean over over by that uh tropical village in yeah. breath of the wild yeah i've messed around with uh, that before it's basically like a whole like a luscious underground uh, underwater environment it's like it's 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 beautifully colored it's, it's even has colors it's uh but you can't really see it like uh over the top you can only see it if you like mess around with the camera or you have a mod to to go underneath there and look and look about uh it's quite detailed uh almost to like they wanted to include underwater uh stuff but they didn't have the the time and they had to cut it so i would you know that's a big that's a big thing for me it'd be wonderful if they included underwater um so, upon further inspection, I now think that that is water. Uh, at least, you know, on the on the ceiling there, mm -hmm. because it has the water texture on it. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So, it, yeah, if you look in the actual body of the ceiling, like not at the edges or anything, uh, and then you compare it to the water texture from Breath of the Wild, it is the same. Same, or at same least color. It really. Well, not not color necessarily, but um, like texture. You know, like like the normal map. Yeah, yeah. The, the texture. Yeah, I can see what you mean. That, there. I just I know that I've got the comparison. 
yeah it, it definitely looks like it is a water texture um and then of course that you know when you when you look at it that way and then you start looking at those like crystals or gem things or whatever that are sitting in it kind of half up half down is is what it kind of looks like um giving off those like rings of ripples now i'm almost like okay now i'm like 90 percent convinced that is water maybe not 90 maybe about 80 but uh a anyway i was just over here clicking enhance you know <laughs> on my magical computer here and uh i don't know i just i, I saw that and i thought hmm you know what actually you might be onto something because <laughs> uh, that looks like the water texture so the only anyway. other thing that I was thinking of that is that maybe this is the generic shrine um, thing that that's gonna yeah. that's gonna appear. Well, well, first of all, do you guys think that we're going to have shrine-like structures in Tears of the Kingdom? Um, absolutely, to a degree. Yeah, I don't think it will be as heavy, but I think it will be present. Do you think it's gonna this be those still... spirals, Sorry, this, those uh, green swirls? Um, possibly. Do you think they will replace? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they could it's just i don't know with the green sparrows i feel like there's been a few really good ideas as to what they could be um i honestly don't know yet um i think it's up there in terms of likelihood i i um sorry i'm still on this this picture here <laughs> i uh it, it could just be because i just played outer wilds but i mean what if those crystals are holding the water up there i was thinking that yeah 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 because you see is on the it, sides, you know, uh, there's these holes on on the wall, and you see more water uh, past the holes. So it's like it's not just right, on the top; it's surrounding right. the whole environment. Right. I just got like this shot down my spine of like excitement. Anyway, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like some, you see something cool in a video game, and you turn into a kid for like a second, and you're like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to like explore that room!" And then you're like, "Wait, compose yourself, compose yourself." Anyway. I am very excited for that. Uh, what were we talking about? Sorry. Related to that, I'm assuming uh, you both played Elden Ring. Uh, am I right? I have not. Hell yes. Hyrule Gamer. I'm, I'm on like yeah, the I'm, fifth playthrough. I'm like lacking on every good game. <laughs> no Outer Wilds, no Elden Ring. <laughs> Elden Ring's on if the list If you get it well. on the PC, you you hit me up, sir. I will, I will, let me solo them, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> but I will, I will help out with some bosses if you want, sir. I, I love that game. Yeah, it, it looks fantastic. Uh, well, well, basically what I was mentioning is that uh, Elden Ring has this reoccurring moment where you are like just filled with wonder. Uh, the, the first time you go down one of those elevators is a good example. And you see the stars oh, on, underneath the cavern, like a lot of people just, just adore that moment. I think that if I found some underwater exploration and got into this area uh, to, 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 and I was underwater, I think that would be comparable. Because I'm really not fully expecting underwater exploration. I'm not convinced. I think right. that this might just be the generic shrine uh, look for for it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so if it, if, it, if it turns out that it does, this does uh, represent underwater exploration, I, I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to have an elevator moment. Elevator moment. I'm hoping for several elevator moments in this game. Uh, if, if we're being honest, the, uh, expectations are probably a bit too high. We probably <laughs> need to bring them down just a little bit as, collectively as, as a community. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Okay. Uh, next thing. Uh, let's talk about Raru over here. Yes. <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> so, uh, I want to talk so much about this dude. Sorry, go on. 
so Raru seems to be the guy that's shown in the mural in the in the trailers. Uh, yep. Just no. There just seems to be no way around him. Uh, so uh, did, I actually didn't check. Did, did you guys have videos before uh, talking about what you thought he was? Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> what did you oh, think he yes. was, uh, Hyrule Gamer? Uh, I was. I think I've, I've said a few different ideas, but I think the one I was most on board with was some sort of. Zonai uh, deity or something along those lines. Um, mm. I've that's definitely not the only thing I've been on board with at different points, but I think most recently that's the idea I've been most on board with, or prior to the leak. Sorry. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's probably a good. That's probably good. That's probably what he's going to end up being. Something like that. What about you, uh, Bandit? So, uh, Hylia. Right. But obviously, I'm wrong, right? Because that's <laughs> raw. Yeah, Hylia. Hi- right. I went with for I'm, a while too. Well, I'm highly a asterisk, okay? Because, <laughs> because, all right, all right, here we go, here we go. <laughs> so, the figure that everybody assumed was Zelda is actually now. I think one of them is Zelda. There's that one that looks like it's levitating or falling or something. I don't know the one that's like horizontal. Yeah. I think that one is supposed to represent Zelda falling because, okay. like I said, now I, I get it. it. It looks like she's levitating because the dress is like hanging downwards. I get it. And the hair but, is going uh, and And the back. hair, yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, but something with that seems to me to echo Zelda falling. Some Something about it. Uh, because, uh, or, or, or descending to the underground or something, uh, because... Um, you know, they replaced the footage of Zelda falling with that reveal in the trailer. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like when, okay. when they yes. did the, what was that? The third trailer that revealed that one? When they did that, we, by the way, we've had four trailers for this game. We've had a butt ton of trailers and like, we're still asking for more. <laughs> I, I get it. We need like a nice story one, but like after some point, they're going to be like, listen, we probably shouldn't have double digits worth of trailers for this game. Even Breath of the Wild <laughs> didn't have that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the the point being, at you know, in the first trailer, boom, Zelda fell. In the second trailer, it started off with Zelda falling. In the third trailer, it starts off with this mural thing, and you see what looks like Zelda horizontal in the air. And so I, I don't know. It's just I can't put my finger on it, but it just feels like it's related to what's happening with Zelda. So anyway, for now, I'm just gonna say that one is Zelda maybe, or maybe, I don't know. But anyway, regardless, the one that Raru, right, is is touching or cupping hands with to form a complete circle, that one I no longer think is Zelda, which is why I thought the Raru figure you think was it's Hylia. This one? Yes, absolutely, because we saw that character in the, pre- in the uh, recent trailer as well. And the thing is, that character looks like Zelda. Does she not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's very obvious, actually. Like, very specifically designed to kind of look like Zelda, but to not be Zelda. And then, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, maybe the levitating was like, you know, Hylia exiting Zelda's body, you know, and then, and that's Hylia, you know, that exited Zelda. But like, the the whole vibe that I get from this mm-hmm. concept art with the basket and stuff is that this character has been around for a while. You know, this isn't like a new, like, oh my God, I'm alive again. Uh, you know, what What am I, you know, we gotta, we gotta rejoin me back to my body. That being said, I do think in some way, this is either Hylia or Zelda's mom or one of Zelda's ancestors or something, because it's just so stupid, similar to Zelda. 
It's like it. It's not even funny. It, it even has essentially the goddess dress or the goddess garment yeah, or yeah. whatever. That's, yeah, the white, that's the white part. Wearing. Yep. Right. So it, it's just so similar. And then did you guys notice all the uh, par like not p parallels necessarily, but like opposites between this? I'm just gonna call her Hylia for now. I know that hasn't been you know concluded, but I'm just gonna call her Hylia. But have you seen all of the the stuff between Hylia and Raru? Like, Hylia has the ankle bracelet on her right ankle, and Raru has it on the left. And uh, they, you know, obviously they share similar tabards, but they also have the um, the handcuffing uh, uh, mural and all that stuff. And I think that they, the two of them are meant to symbolize in some way that Ouroboros symbol with yes. the two serpents. Yeah. Now, the Ouroboros symbol, I actually, I say Ouroboros with a mental asterisk as well. Because Ouroboros specifically is the snake eating itself, or rather a snake eating another snake, which is then eating itself. The, you know, the symbology of life into death into life, you know, like eternity, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now, the one that's behind the Zelda logo, like the Tears of the Kingdom logo, is an Ouroboros. Because it's snake into snake, you know, beginning to end. But the one that's on, like, the wall, the door that Link opens in i think like the third trailer that is not an ouroboros those are two twin serpents that are both facing the same way uh that is less of a beginning to end concept to me at least and more of a yin yang more of a more of a opposites that are equal type thing and then when you apply that concept with the whole, like I said, the ankle bracelets and all the symbology between the two, uh, Raru and Hylia, I just, I don't know. Obviously, I don't have an answer for it, but it just, it really feels like the Sage of Light, Raru and Hylia are back together. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, there you go. That's my thoughts. So let me ask you this, um, Hyrule Gamer, uh... So, okay, let, let, let's put it this way. Do you think, do we think that the arm that's grasping Ganondorf in the first trailer is Raru's arm? And do we think that that's the same arm that Link gets? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say, yeah. Um, obviously it, it might not be, but I'm, it, with everything we've seen now with the art book leaked. Um, it looks exactly, it yeah, looks identical. It's just so. that I, it's one of those ones where, like, I feel like I can't see any other good fit or a fit that's as good as that. Um, obviously, there is potentially other fits. Um, I don't. It, to me, it seems like that definitely is the case. And do you, uh, you think that? Well, the the other lady that's here in the picture. Yeah. Do you think that she's? Do you think she's Hylia, or do you think she's Zelda? What, what's your um, thoughts? Honestly, it is kind of similar to Banda. I think it's something in relation to zelda whether that's like he said an ancestor her mom uh whatever it may be um which is something i'm actually really really excited to learn about how this figure actually or what their role in the game is um because obviously that's not someone i mean the same with raru that we've not seen like in the flesh in any trailers yet um mm -hmm. and potentially might not it's just it, it it's I don't have any other words for it other than it's incredibly intriguing to actually <laughs> go on to learn what this is going to be. Um, and the speculation and discussions only amplifies that. 
So I'm in I'm in an interesting position because I'm actually not sure uh, on this one. I, it's finally finally we disagree on something, maybe a little bit. Um, I don't. I think it's possible that this is Zelda's mother. That's that's a that's the thing that I'm willing to go. I don't think it's Zelda, and I don't think that it's Hylia, and I don't think that this is the person that we see in the trailer, uh, where the person that reaches out their arm to Link. Um, in that trailer, that person is significantly more pale. They don't have the tattoos on the arms. Th this is a. This lady has darker skin, and you know, stark white tattooed arms. Don't think it's the same person, even though they're wearing the same clothes. I think that person is probably Zelda. Um, and I also don't think that this is Hylia. Uh, but it's for a weird reason, and Nintendo might just ignore this reason and, and you know, just dismiss this. It's because in Skyward Sword, Demise talks about how Zelda doesn't look anything like Hylia. Uh, you know, in Skyward Sword, when he's describing Zelda and how Hylia gave up her godly form to take on a mortal form, uh, Demise talks about how, you know, Hylia was way more awesome, way more beautiful. It looks nothing like Zelda. Uh, there's there's little sentences there about that. So I I don't, this looks like Bandit said, look, this looks quite like Zelda. So uh, of course, Nintendo might just dismiss that. You know, they might throw that out the window. Uh, but assuming that that's still the case, I don't think this is uh, Hylia. It might be Zelda's mother. It might be a human incarnation of Hylia. But I don't think this is Hylia's godly form. I will say as a little uh, added note to what you're saying, um, the world of Breath of the Wild has put spins on some, you know, Zelda lore and stuff like that. Like, for instance, they didn't even spell Tingle right uh, for the Tingle Islands, you know. <laughs> uh, but certain other things are very specific and exactly the same. The layout of Lon Lon Ranch, uh, the, the, all the stuff from Skyward Sword. You know, we've got, which, I forget which uh, shrine, or not shrine, is it the shrines? The purification the shrines? Yeah, the purification thingamajigs, yeah. whatever they're called. There's three of them. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but the they, like, one of them, or maybe all of them, again, we've been, you know, theorizing on this stuff for years, so some of it I need a refresher on, but, you know, one of them or all of them is exactly from Skyward Sword, like the Skyview Temple or whatever. Uh like complete down to the fixtures on the pillars and stuff like that. Like it is literally one for one, a copy. And then the Hylia statues are also like one for one copies from Skyward Sword. So there are certain things that are exactly the same, uh, which, which is why, you know, I think that aids your point. I think this design is very deliberate. And uh, if it's supposed, you know, if it's supposed to be, I don't know. I think it's very deliberate that it looks like Zelda. And so, you know, they could just be saying, yeah, Hylia looked like Zelda back in the first days. Uh, but also, like you were saying, Demise did mention that Hylia was, you know, I, I don't remember him saying like she was more beautiful or anything, but I do remember him saying something along the lines of, you know, like, uh, he, I don't remember the exact was wording, a much but better... that she was more impressive somehow and looks nothing like a human. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's interesting that you mentioned that. That's actually a very good point. Um, and there might be a reason why the Skyward Sword stuff specifically has such a close relationship to Breath of the Wild. The director for Skyward Sword is Fujibayashi, and he was the writer and director for Skyward Sword. And he is also the director for Breath of the Wild. And he's also the director for Tears of the Kingdom. Um, 
Commonwealth um, Realms, who I also had on the on the uh, podcast. Yeah, I saw that. He he sees these three games as a trilogy. He thinks that Fujibayashi is leading up to something, uh, and and he sees that this is he sees Tears of the Kingdom as an opportunity for uh, him to finish up. So. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that that's the case, but he, he makes a compelling point. Like he makes a compelling case. Uh, so if anything's going to be a one for one lore uh, thing, it's going to be with Skyward Sword because you know that's his baby. Yeah. He made that. Well, it already has been too. Oh, uh, yeah, with yeah. Breath of the Wild. And you just uh, you quoted me what Demise says in in um, Skyward Sword. He says, "How pathetic this bag of flesh pales in comparison to the magnificence of her previous form." So the fact that he mentions flesh specifically is also interesting because clearly this um, this person that looks like Zelda has flesh. Looks kind of fleshy. Yeah. <laughs> has a tan. Yep. Yeah. So, no, I see exactly what you're saying. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I do think it'd be a little tacky to just, like, have Hylia walking around like, oh, hello, <laughs> you like a berry, you know? Like, it, it, it's, a little, it's a little tacky. But on the other hand, it's like, well, who else, you know, like maybe an ancestor of Zelda's sure. But in that case, like, well, I have an a idea. lot of questions there. I have oh, an yeah, idea. go on. Uh, I believe that much of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom is about new stuff. Um, I New lore. Yes, yeah. new lore. Uh, one of the things that uh, in, in the uh, creating the champion books, they have, you know, Breath of the Wild and then they have the era of myth, which is all the past games. And, you know, they're connected to Breath of the Wild. You know, there's there's clear references to a lot of the past stuff that's happened uh, in the game world. But they're so they're really far away. And Breath of the Wild, in a way, kind of starts up its own timeline. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you know whatever follows from Breath of the Wild is very fresh, very new and connected still, you know, from some distance from the from the past. But quite far removed, like quite far removed, like the it starts a new focus, I think. And I think that that's what they want to do. It, it has new lore. You know, I was I always thought that um, the guy in the mural was not going to be Hylia. I always thought, you know, that's going to be a new character that, that I think that they they want. Well, good for you. <laughs> yeah, I just I think they want to make new stuff. Uh, so this person, I also agree, is the person cupping the guy's hand. I just think that this is going to be mostly unrelated to to things that came before. Except for the name Raru. But yes. I agree. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, I agree. I in fact that is actually exciting because I've gotten into just doing like explanatory videos these days. Um and if it's new lore, yeah, I'd love to like learn it myself, digest it, make some content on that. Yeah, that's that's a good point just for the community in general um the last time we had some actual like new stuff and we weren't constantly like pointing back to you know the previous games like oh my god <laughs> you know that's that's it, it's tangle islands you know and stuff yeah like that yeah was a uh, skyward sword and that was you know 12 years ago Oh no, um, was it really? Yeah, yeah, 12 years ago, man. So that was the last time we had an injection of actual new Zelda lore. Because Breath of the Wild, let's be honest, was really not new. I mean, the newest thing about Breath of the Wild was the Sheikah constructs. Everything else was like, this is a reference to the past, this is a reference to the past. <laughs> you know, we've got, we've got even Calamity Ganon itself. I mean, reference what is its past. name? Ganon. Yeah. 
And now Tears of the Kingdom yeah. comes out, and he's got Ganondorf coming back. So exactly, more, so more references to the past. It's a bunch of yeah, it's a bunch of past stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that some new lore would be very refreshing, very welcoming, and, and it also means that we cannot really nail Predict. it down at all. Yeah. One of the things that Commonwealth uh, Realms was talking about is that he th he thinks that it's going to wrap this up. You know, it's going to wrap up a lot of a lot of the things that we um, <clears throat> we assumed, uh, allowing space for new Zelda games. So uh, if he's right, you know, maybe this game will. You're, you're maybe you're correct, and this game will still reference a great deal of it of, of the past, and maybe leave space for the next one to be more future oriented. I mean. I don't think that they need to do or not do anything to leave room <laughs> for future Zelda games. Uh, they they can literally, like, I can probably just rattle off a hundred random ideas that would all work within the timeline for just, like, placements of other Zelda games. Um, they also are not afraid, clearly, to just make a Zelda game and say, yeah, I don't know how it connects to the timeline. Deal with it. Deal I mean, with that's it, yeah. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so I don't I mean like I don't I don't think I don't think we're doing anybody any favors by trying to say whether or not this is the end of the franchise or the end of the continuity itself uh you know so but I do think it's an interesting concept I think Zeltic did a video recently where he talked about the fact that just like Skyward Sword is the beginning you know Tears of the Kingdom can be the ending of the timeline you know what I mean as far as lore is concerned it yeah. could be the ending and then the future of the franchise will just flesh out, you know, the, the, let's be honest, the very big gaps uh, in between the games that we definitely could use some games for. Oh, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think that it would be very cool if it had some sort of, at the end, you know, for Zelda lore type, you know, we finally beat Demise. We finally, you know, whatever. Oof. Um, I, I actually, I don't want us to beat Demise. <laughs> I don't, um, I mean, I don't think that it is going to happen, to be honest with you. <clears throat> well, I don't, I don't want it to happen first, but actually I, I'm mindful of your time. We're getting around the, the point where we should stop. So let me just, <clears throat> let me just ask you one, one question. Um, so Hyrule Gamer, I'll start with you. Do you think Demise is going to play a role here lore wise or make a return in some way? Oh, that, that is a great question as well. <laughs> that's, that's tough to say. Um, Honestly, I think there will be some sort of influence or role or possibly even just mention. I don't think it will be as far as some ideas I've seen with Demise actually being present in the game. But I think there will be something with Demise mentioned or playing some sort of role. That That's as far as I think it's going to go. The reason I ask is because... Well, I see Demise and the cycle in general kind of metaphorically like like demise is more like a concept that's why he just doesn't die because uh you know in every age something like demise arises and you know there's in lore reasons for that but there's also like out of lore archetypal reasons for for some for something to not be killable and you can only seal it away you can only temporarily fight it back uh and he seems to uh be an embodiment of well malice i guess or hatred he talks about hatred that's his one characteristic that's his one motivation that he had in skyward sword he hates the gods for some reason never never elaborated um in twilight princess when ganondorf gets sent to the twilight realm and he was he was executed uh he he says that 
the the hatred of the Twilight people uh, because of their oppression was what rejuvenated him. It like it revived him, you know. And uh, you know, in Breath of the Wild, the the stuff that emanates from Calamity McGann's body is called malice, you know. So, so he seems like an embodiment of of resentment, uh, hatred, malice, and the spirit of the hero is is literally just the spirit of heroism coming back age after age to beat it back in an internal cycle, just like in real life. Uh, things like that happen. I, that's why there's such a comparing, there, why it's such a compelling story. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that's how I see Demise. And if they put a permanent end to him, I wouldn't like that because that's not how it works in real life. You know, you don't put a permanent end to resentment and malice. Uh, you, you, you beat it back again, you know. Maybe in a, it, maybe you beat it back so hard it can't come back in a similar form. It has to come back in a new way. But, you know, you can't actually beat it. On, in contrast, you can't uh, give it a beginning either. Um, because, you know, those are, like you said, I mean, those are just forces, forces of nature. You know, entropy or, mm -hmm. or whatever, you know. Uh, so, but we did, we did give it a beginning, you know, in Zelda lore. Uh, because Zelda lore has a creation story and has, you know, all this stuff. And by default, you know, it, it kind of feels religious almost, you know. Right. By default, you know, there is an enemy, you know, there is a, there is an end game. There is an end, you know, Zelda uh, originated uh, as a Christian game, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they have a lot of ties, you know, I mean, Link had a cross on his shield in the first game. The Book of Magic was actually supposed to just be the Bible you know stuff like that like there there were a lot of just implications everywhere heck the whole triforce thing i don't know if y'all are familiar with like the trinity christian teachings and stuff yeah it's supposed to be reminiscent of the trinity and stuff but you know that being said obviously it's far from a christian game or franchise in general it just so happens to have a similar creation story and similar concepts of good and evil and light and dark and right. stuff like that um that being said you know we can sort of use like a lens like that to try to see where they're going with like the concepts of evil. And in the Christian realm, you know, they, there's like Lucifer, you know, like Satan, the devil, stuff like that. Demons, you know, that follow that person. And to me, I always assumed that that was kind of what demise was, you know, he's literally he was, called the demon King. Exactly. He <laughs> He's the Satan, you know, he's the, the Lucifer. Now, the thing is, Satan doesn't die, right? Right. Uh, and so, you know, I think it's kind of similar in Zelda. You know, it, we we technically didn't see him die. He just kind of got sucked up into uh, the Master Sword. Um, by the way, I did want to say that you, you are completely on point with him being more of a representation of a force, though. Uh, his original name in Japanese is the Shuen no Mono, which is to say the person of demise which is mm. to say just the bringer of demise. Um, we call him demise in English because we like names. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, in, in Japanese, he's literally just the bringer of demise. In German, uh, his name is the Todd bringer, which is, and I know that's not a German accent, but I can't do a German accent. But anyway, <laughs> uh, which is to say the death bringer. In French, it's the avatar du néant, which is the avatar of the void. So, I mean... Each each name that he has aside from English is really just saying he is the represent the representative of 
you know, the void, death, demise, evil. You know, so you're 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 spot on with that. He's more of a force. Uh, but anyway, that being said, logically, logistically, I think that he's absolutely going to have an appearance in Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. I, because, I mean, he had a valley named after him in Breath of the Wild, which I guess is whatever, because there's valleys named after, like, pebbles from recent, you know, from previous Zelda games in Breath of the Wild, it seems like. They've got some sort of reference to everything. Uh, so, you know, that in and of itself is not that big uh, or not that much proof. But we also have, like I was saying earlier, the one-to-one recreations of Skyward Sword temples, the Skyward Sword statues of the goddess. Um, which, by the way, Breath of the Wild and Skyward Sword are the only two games that have anything to do with Hylia. That in and of itself is already a tie directly to Skyward Sword. Um, and then we've got Fi uh, or Fi, <laughs> you know, however we mm-hmm. agree on pronouncing her here, uh, making a direct appearance in Breath yeah. of the Wild as well. Um, so it's just like if there was one, if there were two games that Breath of the Wild references directly, it's Ocarina and Skyward Sword. Yes. But really, if there was one, it would be Skyward Sword. So I don't know. I think that Demise just needs to have some sort of appearance. Even if, obviously, he doesn't pop up on screen. There's going to be some sort of maybe a voice or maybe a a, a prophecy or an acknowledgement or something that we, you know, come across. I think that the origin of the Malice is going to be, is, is going to be one of the biggest, like, things about this game. Because let's be honest, we still don't know what the heck it is or where it comes from. Yeah. We have a lot of you know, theories about like, oh, Malice originates from Demise and his hatred and his malice, you know, there's the namesake right there. Mm-hmm. But we we still don't know. Because, again, following that logic, Malice is what monsters are made of in Skyward Sword. Presumably, that's a theory, you know, because they drop the evil crystals, which are crystallized Malice. Yes. But that's monsters. Ganondorf is not a monster. He's a well, human being. He's a Gerudo. Well, in... Skyward Sword, they did, if you, uh, Fi's description, uh, yeah, Fi's description of Demise says that he is the origin of all monsters. And you see, right. the, you see the malice, like, making them pop up in Breath of the Wild. So, you right. know, it, it make, but, makes sense. But, well, it, it does for what the monsters are made out of. But I guess my, my main point is that that can't come from Ganondorf. The malice? You know what I mean? Yeah, because Ganondorf is not a monster. But he's you know, the, at what point he's the reincarnation of Demise's uh hatred. He is. And you, but, don't, you, know, you it, don't you see the malice coming out of his body? Uh, you do. And what I, what I'm saying is that there's something more there. Oh, right. I mean clearly right. it's yeah. So I mean like clearly it is coming from him. I'm just saying that like I think one of the things that this game is going to tackle is what it is exactly. And why? And yep. why, yeah, why it's there, why why it's now coming out of Ganondorf, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I don't mean to be that guy, but we've never seen it before, you know. And I understand it, it didn't really exist as a concept until Skyward Sword. But still, you know, like I said, Ganondorf has, you know, he's a reincarnation of Demise's Malice, yes. But he's not a monster, like I was saying. He's not, he didn't literally get formed out of Malice like right. the other monsters. Right, he's he a human. born. Yeah, he was born. He's a, he's a human. He, you know, comes across enhancements, you know, like the Triforce or like Twilight or, you know, the Trident of Darkness or whatever. Um, but other than that, like, there is no malice. 
So why now is my question. I do hope that they, yeah, I hope they get into that. Um, I think they will. I my, think it's going to be a point of the game. My fondest hope is that if they do bring some demise related stuff, that they elaborate on why he's so angry. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, like. What a I'm question. I'm all for resentment towards the gods, but you know, Ganondorf had a, a more yeah, compelling reason to to be you know uh, upset. You know, he he was jealous in Wind Waker. You know, they had this more mature Ganondorf that's jealous of the Hylians. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. You know, he coveted that wind. He, he coveted that wind. Yes, uh, I would like Demise to show why exactly he's so upset. Like, why does he hate the gods so much? Uh, it wouldn't be hard to give him some something to be angry about. Um, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much what I want. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. I had a, a video recently that I did where I was talking about that and his parallelism with Hylia. And this is obviously speculation, but one of the, I guess, theses that I have for his hatred is that he despises his own creation. Because mm. if you think about it, if, if the entire world was created, and this is one of those philosophical things that we could probably talk about in real life, you know, but if you believe that the world was created, right? Obviously not everybody believes that. But given that you do believe the world was created, that means that everything in it was created, uh, including the concepts of opposites, the concepts of up and down, hot and cold, left and right, um, right and wrong, you know? Everything had to have been created. Otherwise, you know, you, you don't have a creation. You just have a thing, you know, it's just there. Uh, in Zelda lore specifically, it's not debatable, obviously. We know that everything was created. So given that these concepts of good and evil were created, we know that the uh, individual who was tasked with upholding the light, Hylia, uh, was placed, they say she was tasked by the goddesses. So yeah, we don't know that she was created by the goddesses, but it's an assumption since they were able to give her a task. So what if Demise was created by the goddesses? To embody evil mm. because without evil you don't even have good you know without without opposites you have nothing without contrast you don't have color without you know what i mean so you know perhaps he was created to be the eternal struggle he was never created to win um and perhaps that is why he despises the gods themselves but obviously that's just a bit of fan fiction if we're being honest yeah uh, until but, you know, until they say something until they yeah. say something, because, you know, there's no way of knowing. He's just, he's super angry, like you said. <laughs> so Okay. Um, yeah, I see that we are out of time, uh, but I think we covered a lot. I think we covered pretty much everything I wanted to. Yeah. Even non-Zelda stuff, like <laughs> Outer Wilds. <laughs> <laughs> Play it. <laughs> Especially you, Hyrule Gamer, please. Oh, yeah. it's, it's on the, the growing list of games to play. <laughs> Shrink it. And Shrink leave it, it on yeah. There. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I don't, El, Elden Ring's definitely like top priority right now. That's the one I'm really wanting to get. Into. I see. I see. That's gonna take you. That's uh, if you if you're gonna play that before Tears of the Kingdom. That, yeah, that's that's it my took issue. Me a while. That's my issue. I don't know if I should start it now or like leave. Elden it. Ring is massive, dude. It's yeah, that's huge. the thing. I don't want to get hooked massive. on it like two months before Tears of the Kingdom. You know. You could probably. Yeah comfortably beat it in two months if you're not playing any other things and you and you uh log but, on every day yeah, we'll yeah but it. the problem is like you never know when more zelda content's yeah, gonna get maybe released maybe a while and then you more suited right now 
I, average I, playthrough for Outer Wilds is 16 hours. Yeah, that sounds a lot more per- ideal, actually. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. My first Elden Ring uh, playthrough was 250 hours. You don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did get Reach Endgame right under 100 hours. Uh, but I also, I mean, I, I played it, you know, with people and I definitely mm. didn't explore quite as much as I needed to. Uh, I slowed down a lot, you know, in New Game Plus, um, stuff like that. Explored different quests, you know, stuff like that. Well, okay. I'm very excited for the DLC. Oh, well, I'm so excited for the DLC. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, I'll let you both go. Thank you, Hyrule Gamer. Thank you, Bandit Games, for coming. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's been a blast. This has been the Yggdrasil Podcast. Thank you all very much for coming. Thank you. <laughs>